0: blind to the Suspicious. As always, I'm Lindsay Wilkins. And we made it. It's our fourth Evil Dead installment with a double that is going back to that cabin with Eli's Roth, Cabin Fever from 2002, and um, Fidi Alvarez's remake of Evil Dead from 2013. It's gonna rain blood. And here with me is one of my favorite movie guys. He's the host of the Great Film Feast podcast and is a guy who always understands the assignment, especially with this double. It's Matt Blitzlow. Blidlo- Matt How's it going?
1: <laughs> Hello, Lindsay.
0: I can't believe I okay. screwed up
1: your name. <laughs> I, it's okay. It's happened many times. Listen, I've had people call me, like, starting to sell me stuff, and it's like Matt Bloodshoe. <laughs> Uh, Matt Bloodso, Matt Bedslow. It's like, it happens all the time. So I'm used to it. Uh, you're fine. (laughs) Uh, Matt Uh,
0: Bloodshow, Matt (laughs) Bledshoe should be your Halloween (laughs) name this year.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. I was trying to think of this and I couldn't think of anything, but, uh. I think you maybe just helped me crack it there. So. Yes. <laughs> um, But no, you're fine. Uh, so, yeah, no, thank you for having me back on the show. I'm very excited to be here to talk about these movies, and um, it's spooky season, and I'm very excited about all this. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just happy to be back
0: no I'm really happy to have you back and when you sort of said that oh I'd love the remit to do the remake for the evil dead series we're doing um I was so excited because I'm like oh yes this is a perfect fit um I can see Matt kind of really kind of loving the remake even though I had not seen the remake this is what I had the remake in my head I watched it and then I was like yes I can still see Matt kind of liking this movie but oh my god because it's insane but oh my god this movie's violent. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it really is uh we'll talk about it it's oh it, we it's will crazy it's really crazy <laughs> <laughs>
0: um before we get into our double though um since we are in October or go, when we're recording this heading into October what kind <laughs> of uh, horror movies do you tend to gravitate toward and uh, during the spooky season
1: well I wish I had a like a better more straightforward answer for you but my the past couple years I kind of just try to gravitate to horror movies that I have never seen before and kind of check off things Mm -hmm. kind of off the 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 horror fan list you know like um kind of bigger movies it's getting harder because I've seen a lot of the bigger horror movies but um just kind of going through and like looking and thinking oh what have I not seen and um I kind of I kind of make my way, I try to watch like a mix of everything too. So I, I it's like I'll watch slashers and ghost stories and I'll go back to the Universal Monster movies. And I'm trying to watch more um hammer horror stuff. Um, and so I'm really all over the place. <laughs> like uh, but mostly the goal is to try to uh watch some horror movies that I've never seen before the first time for the first time in October. So um That's kind of my, I guess, my answer. It's not not as straightforward. But yeah, I'm all over the place in October. I'm just watching a lot of horror movies.
0: Oh, no, that's what I do. This year, I've decided to make days because I I always have like massive, oh my God, when I'm going to watch anxiety during October. So I'm coming up with like theme days. So I've got like an action horror day, a Japanese horror day. I've got like a 1930s horror day or pre-code kind of universal day. So I can just kind of go, oh, Okay. This is my parameters for what I want to watch, kind of thing. Um, yeah, the only thing I tend to that I watch every year is the 1931 Dracula. Um, but yeah, I like you. I you have a very eclectic movie taste. And um yeah, so I can definitely imagine that. And I'm the same way because I'm just like, well, there's so many movies I haven't seen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. And it well, it's funny with horror because I, I think I've like, well, I've seen <laughs> it's so silly to say because i have it but i'm like well i've seen all the big horror movies which is not yes. true but sometimes i feel that way and then i'm like oh i still haven't seen this and this and that and, but yeah like i've never seen the 1963 i want to say the haunting the original the haunting oh
0: that's no like, i've
1: never yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh i'm trying to think of other ones never seen that one i've never seen i had one this year i was gonna see like a big one um there's quite a few i mean horror is such a deep deep genre um you're never going to see all the horror movies, but, um, I mean, yeah, it's always exciting to keep digging. Cause even like some of the weirder low budget off the beaten paths type stuff is, you know, fun and interesting. So always more to discover. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. Cause I finally bought my first vinegar syndrome, uh, Blu-rays this year when during their halfway to black Friday, sale, or oh, anyway, their mid-year sale. Um, and so I'm kind of looking forward to digging into them for scary movie month because, um, like something like Don't Panic. Um, There's a couple of other ones that I've bought that I've realized, oh yeah, I have these sitting on my shelf now that I can actually watch. And these are gonna be, well, Vinegar Syndrome's whole thing is it's off the beaten track. So uh, looking (laughs) forward to that.
1: I hope me and Keith sold you on some of those back when we did that Vinegar Syndrome episode. No, you did. May.
0: Yeah, you yeah, did. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sudden, uh, well, it's not horror, but Sudden Fury is one of my favorite movies, discoveries of the year this year. So um, uh, thank you for that, by the way.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, you're welcome. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that's the kind of stuff they pull out where they're like, "I never heard of this movie, and it's amazing. Where did they find this thing?" Or so. you
0: watch it and you're like, "Why am I? What? What? Why did someone put this in front of a camera? I don't understand. It's it's an <laughs> either or situation.
1: It is kind of either or, but it's fascinating no matter what you watch. Exactly.
0: You watch. It's, it's totally, um, and with that we are going to be going into something that is fascinating and something as why did they put this in front of a camera, which um, which is going to be Kevin Fever. Um, now we we're going to be showing trailers as always for this movie. Matt, what is your first trailer?
1: Okay, well I uh, again I always joke that trailers are usually my weak part of my game on your show, but but I was proud of these. I thought because they're kind of obvious, but still I think they work. Uh, they're both Eli Roth movies. The first one I have is uh, is Hostile. How'd you do it? I mean, did you do it real slow? Or did you or, or did you just get it over with right away? Because see, that's why I asked for the fucking gun. Because I just wanted to just fucking do it quick. You know what I mean? I just wanted to just get it over with. But now I'm thinking maybe, you know, maybe that, I I wanna feel it. You know what I mean? I just wanna fucking feel that shit. So I'm, I'm I don't know what to, I, I'm thinking, what, what, do you, what do you what do you think I should do?
0: Nice, no, still one I still have yet to see. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've seen parts of Hostel Hostel 2 though. Um, and I kind of got too grossed out by the beginning of that movie because I think it's um Edwin Fennec stripping someone's back. Am I getting that correct? Am I um, dreaming uh, I think I, I think something. that
1: happens. I haven't seen Hostel 2 since the theater. Um <laughs> I remember how it ends because it's real weird. Um <laughs>
0: that's Eli Roth. I mean that's Eli
1: Roth. <laughs> and uh uh, I think that, I want to say that happened. I think that happened. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Um, no, Hostel's one of those movies that I need, I actually might try and watch this um, October. I'll, be, I'll fit it in somewhere because it's kind of one of those movies that I've always been a bit nervous to watch because it was one of those movies when you heard the premise, I was a bit like, oh, why would, and plus it was, um, when I fell out of horror a little bit, it was in the 2000s when the so-called torture porn movie, even though I don't consider them, torture porn now, I did very much did back in the day. So I kind of avoided them like the plague. And I'm slowly going back to watching the Saw movies and all these other movies that were coming in in the um, mid-naughties to actually kind of say, oh, actually this wasn't what I thought it was kind of thing.
1: That's understandable. I thought the same thing as they were coming out. I feel like they're easier to digest nowadays when you get some distance from them. You know, I felt like there was just such a glut of them coming out (laughs) in the mid-2000s. And it was kind of like, you know, you're getting the same thing over and over, kind of getting the same meal, and you're kind of getting sick of it. You're like, okay, and it's not very pleasant usually. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I find them easier to kind of enjoy nowadays than I did back in the mid two thousands. I'm kind of with you on that one.
0: Yeah, especially when the fact that you can look back and see. <coughs> Sorry, hey fever, I'm coughing. Oh, um, especially back when you look at the context when they were made, because I know that um the uh the noughties were very much at the height of the things like the iraq war the afghan war all that kind of thing which you know however everything's gonna look in the history books is completely different story but you can kind of see all that and then these kind of torture porn and kind of found footage it was just a glut of them and i can kind of put them into context now i'm like oh i kind of see what the tone of the times was where there's back and i was living in back in 2005 i was just like going why am i subjecting myself to watching to watching this um so no, and it's going to be an absolutely brilliant trailer for this because I think it just kind of, because it is Eli Roth, it is just going to set the tone for what this madness is coming up um, is. um, My first trailer, I, okay, you know what? I'm going to go for my weird one that doesn't make any sense, but makes sense to me. I love Cabin Fever and Hate Cabin Fever is kind of within the same thing. We'll get into it. <laughs> it's a love-hate situation to have with this movie, but it's a movie I keep going back to. But this year I watched a documentary that I think, again, perfectly placed this kind of time in a kind of time capsule documentary. And it was nightmare feel for me, but I watched it like three times. And that is the Woodstock 99 documentary, Love a piece, love and rage.
1: How are you guys doing today? Welcome to Woodstock. There is a sixth sense that you develop when you spend your life going to venues. Woodstock, baby. I can tell you a hundred feet away what the energy in that venue is gonna be like. It was not your parents' Woodstock. We got off the bus and I was like, something's not right. It was like thousand degrees. I think we should leave. It's so hot. Yeah water was four dollars a bottle which is a ridiculous cost the porta potties unusable you had kids rolling around in what they thought was mud in an environment where exploiting women you could get away with it yeah. you could feel something bubbling yes
0: this makes no sense to cabin fever but if i'm looking <laughs> for a specific tone of what 99 to say 2004 was it is this was it is was stuck 1999 um a lot of anger a lot of why are people listening? I this was not, I was a perfect person to go to this festival, yet I would hated every single bit of this music. I was not a corn fan, I was not a biscuit fan, this was not my sort of scene. And watching this documentary was like watching nightmare fuel especially when you're looking <laughs> at the crowd and just seeing mm-hmm. the sexual assault soup. Um, but it's absolutely fascinating and tracking it. And then not even, I don't think even the documentary understood what they were trying to dig into. Um and this is kind of how I feel about um Cabin fever. So yeah, Woodstock 99 1999 is my first trailer. Yes, I know it doesn't make sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, I think it makes a lot of sense. And yeah. I, I only laughed in the middle of that because you were like, I wasn't a corn biscuit person. Listen, 12-year-old Matt Bledsoe was a total corn and limp biscuit person. <laughs> uh and I did not know. I remember watching Woodstock. We talked about this on my podcast a little bit, me and um and Brandon Streisand, he was on and he yes. wrote a great article mm. on this documentary about Woodstock 99. And we talked about like it's fascinating to watch a documentary um as a like a time capsule of of then because it's so like you're like, oh, this is how things were. I almost forgot. Like I was alive and watching MTV during that weekend and being like, Oh, I wish I was at Woodstock, you know, like all my favorite bands are there. Um and then to watch this documentary. I heard about bad things happening. Obviously, we saw it happen like live on TV, like, yeah. like fires and like, but then you hear about the sexual assaults that are happening there. And like there's all these awful things going on. And it's like there's a lot of like I'm with you on Capitol. I don't want to jump at too much, but I, there's the good and there's bad. And the bad is like the stuff that is stuff I wish we could just leave in like the early two thousands, late nineties, like some of that kind of culture that it was like oh this didn't age well you know that kind of stuff yes, and yeah. there's a lot of that in what's at 99 and a lot in cabin fever and yeah they're very close together and um yeah, so I, I think it makes a lot of sense, actually. I, when you said it, I was like, okay, yeah, this actually works. So I, I, I like I like that pick a lot. It's good. I, I,
0: yeah, and to sort of get into it, I think, um, like Woodstock 99, the actual festival, I think uh, Kevin Fever has aged in a way that I don't think even Eli Roth had intended. And that's why I think it's such a fascinating, fascinating movie and why I keep going back because it's changed in such a specific way where you're watching it. And what it's doing and then you're like going i don't think he intended any of how i'm seeing this movie at the moment so um no i it yeah that is my first trailer matt what is your second trailer
1: so my second one is another eli roth project i it's it's funny because it is literally only a trailer uh if you saw grindhouse (laughs) uh, he did a trailer for a fake movie called thanksgiving which i in the town of Plymouth, Massachusetts, the fourth Thursday in November is the most celebrated day of the year. The table is set. The festivities have begun. What an uninvited guest had arrived. And this year, there will be no leftovers. Thanksgiving. white meat, dark
0: meat,
1: all will be carved. Really wish he had made at some point because the trailer looked like a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, Thanksgiving is my pick for the trailer.
0: Here's the thing. Um, I wish he made this movie and I wish Rob Zombie had made his, what is it? SS Wolf, Werewolf, Nancy? Is that my thing?
1: Um, <laughs> uh, I mean- SS Women, She Wolf of the... I can't yes, make, yeah something, yeah, like,
0: that. something <laughs> like that I mean they were, I mean they were both kind of playing on these different genres I mean they made two machete movies which I both right. which I have watched and both enjoyed two very differing effects of each single time I've watched these movies but yeah no I would have loved Eli Roth's um Thanksgiving horror movie I think it would have just been I mean that's a really fun trailer and it's going to be absolutely perfect because i think it really captures um his sense of humor which is all through kevin fever so no that is perfect absolutely perfect
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was thinking of i feel like that captures his like sense of humor a lot in yeah. that trailer to uh to put to kind of give you a setup for what kevin fever is going to be um and also ba- i want to see every fake uh trailer become a movie in grindhouse like <laughs> even the edgar wright one don't if you are thinking of going to this house don't if you are thinking of opening this door don't Which oh I think don't yes <laughs> was the one i always kind of thought like i wasn't i didn't think it was as good as the other ones but like watching the game like oh don't maybe the best trailer of the whole bunch i don't know but um I love them all. Like I wish they—they they might have all not worked. Like we saw Machete. Like I—I like the first Machete a, a good amount. I didn't like the second Machete that much, but um, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it. I, you know, I'm still glad it got made. It's a fun yeah. movie, but these all probably wouldn't have worked like as well as the trailers but I kind of wish we had those movies
0: <laughs> uh, me too and I think don't kind because each of them got a very specific genre which they kind of made a trailer out of which was I think was kind of the genius part of it because it kind of gives you this like sample of the different exploitation um but don't it really sort of captures that early 80s don't go in the woods don't answer the phone don't go in the basement I mean it's all this kind of very um I mean those movies were completely silly dumb and ultra violent and um no I think that I think Edgar Wright making a really ultra ultra violent silly silly movie I think um would be magical even though I am dying to see Last Night in Soho I mean just shaking that I'm so excited for it but (laughs) um
1: I'm excited does that come out later in australia come at the same time because i think here it's like the end of october
0: look uh where i am at the moment who knows
1: <laughs> well but, that's true sorry yes, to rub it in but <laughs> yes, Um <laughs> i hope you get it uh as, as soon as possible
0: yes um australia look i know melbourne's having a week with friggin' anti-vaxxers but just just Sorry, you don't know what I'm talking about, Matt, but just get vaccinated, please. I, I need to go to back to the movies. But please, <laughs> I won't get into what's happening in Melbourne. It's, Melbourne's having a week. Let's just say that. Um... Okay.
1: <laughs> well, the good news. If this holds, I'm looking on IDB and it says you guys should have it a week earlier than we do, October oh, 21st yes. is the schedule. So you should get it. We for the United States even does so. Actually, I hope yes,
0: you- I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I know definitely they're going to be allowing um, rooftop and outdoor movie theaters in October. So I'm really hopefully. Um, I know there's one theater that's got a rooftop theater, and they've said we're opening in October. And I'm like going yes. So I might have to um, definitely be going to that. Um, so yes, I am be very very happy to see um, last night in Soho it's going to be a magical, magical moment. And now going into my second trailer, which is maybe not that magical, but I'm going to go for an Ausploitation movie, or speaking of Australia, uh, Ausploitation uh, movie called Long Weekend from 1978.
1: Listen to the sound of evil. It is out there waiting. I'm sorry for this powerful deadly invisible they came to take a holiday now they are running for their lives because something is out there
0: couple goes into the Australian bush they are awful they're about to break up and they just kind of generally awful people in general and pollute everything and just kind of cause havoc in their wake so nature decides it's fed up and decides to go after them um this is a movie that um Yeah, the very trees are trying to kill them. I mean, I know Australia is known for animals that that are trying to kill you. This movie is the representation of that. Um, It's a really fun movie and you're just gleefully watching these people slowly um, be attacked and it's kind of, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie if you ever get to watch it.
1: I have heard of it, I think, yeah. but I uh, I don't remember where I heard of it. But I've heard the title. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Maybe it was an Kane recommendation. It kind of sounds like
0: it's uh, something he would. Yeah,
1: yeah, something <laughs> he would recommend. Um, yeah, so I will. I might well seek that out. That sounds very interesting.
0: No, it is. It's kind of like the whole um, day of the animals when you know there's a, a solar no ozone thing and all the animals start just attacking. But this is just literally. The nature going we don't like you so we're just going to kill you and um yeah it's it's a really fun movie to watch just because they're so unlikable to the point where you enjoy bad things happen to them <laughs> <laughs> um and with that enjoying bad things happening to bad people we're going to be going into <laughs> eli roth's deliciously go- disgusting cabin fever
1: know, when you've known someone a long time and you want to kiss them just to see if they're good kisser or not. There's nothing wrong with that, right?
0: Stay. I feel nauseous. (laughs) Well, it's not funny. Can you help me? No, 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 no. She's not coming near me! What's your problem? You guys gonna kill each other
1: now? You don't look so hot. Help me. I need need a doctor. I don't want to get sick! I don't want anyone getting sick! We just don't want to get it. I see what we got here right now. He's coming towards us! Alright, back off! He looked like he was skinned alive. The party man. Is it safe? Don't worry, I'm healthy. Leave it alone!
0: Somebody help! Now, I only saw this last year for the first time, and I've already seen it three times. Um, when did you first see Cabin Fever?
1: Uh, funny enough, this was kind of a... I felt like this is like a weird mainstay of my high school years, because I was right in the middle of high school in 2003, and I feel like this was one of those movies where people would tell you about it, and like, oh, man, you got to see something called Cabin Fever. It's crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. It's one of those type movies. Like, It's like, oh, it's so gross. Like, you did, And so I remember, I feel like I saw it a few times like at friends' houses or something or like on TV. Cause I'm like, Oh, I gotta try to watch this cabin fever movie. It's so crazy. Um, and I remember, I don't know if I even liked it or was fascinated by it, but um, <laughs> it's, it's memorable. I'll, I will say that. It's very hard to forget. Although I had kind of forgot like all the weird humor that he drops in. Yeah, uh, the movie. Yeah. So much weird off kilter stuff like it's uh um and at the time I had no idea who Eli Roth was you know I had no oh, idea yeah. anything about this guy as a person um and now I feel like he's become a personality like Tarantino where he's always out there on podcasts and doing interviews and he's like one of the movie guys because he just like has all this like movie knowledge and they talk to him and I know people either kind of love or hate him mm. uh he's kind of like in a Rob Zombie category where it's like Eli Roth comes up like daily on like horror uh, Facebook groups I'm in and people either it's mostly hate but I mean people too some people like him a lot of people hate him um but at the time the movie was like a weird like out of left field kind of what is this type of thing and I remember just once it was on like you couldn't stop watching it but you know it's just I saw I saw it a few times I never watched, never really revisited it I don't think until maybe like once in the past 15 years and then watching it for this. So this was very interesting, but that was my first exposure. It was like way back in high school when it was like, oh, you've got to check out Captain Fever. It's so crazy.
0: (laughs) Yes, I absolutely agree with the, even if you're not enjoying it the first time you watch it, you can't stop watching it. It's got this, because it is so strange. I think some of the weirdness he puts in, like the um, round kicking um, weird child at the end (laughs) or the him coming in as a drifter with a dog and just being and very, a soul patch. And a soul <laughs> patch. As he, he had to have the soul patch.
1: Um
0: is kind of feels intentional midnight. Like he's kind of trying to make this kind of midnight movie. Um, and and I'm not exactly sure how I feel about that, but there's this kind of the strangest kind of adds to this kind of so what exactly is happening in this in this movie, even though it is very straightforward, because it's a group of kids go into a cabin in the woods and they catch a disease and then all hell breaks loose. It's not exactly kind of thing, but then you get the weird cop who's like flirting with 16-year-olds um, and you get, uh, and it's kind of this, it's this very sort of strange, everything about this is strange. And yes, I think it goes even, I can't I'm saying it's too strange on the strange meter for what it's doing. Especially with I'm like, did we really need the 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 the, um, the the kicking child? Yes, in a way, but no, in a way, um, which is <laughs> everything to do with this movie. Um, but you can't can't stop watching it because I think the performances are generally pretty good for what they're doing. Um, though Bert, as the uh, I think he's played by James DeBello, is the worst. Like I just was like, can someone please shoot him? I just, <laughs> even though you everyone knows a guy like that, it's not. And he's always in that friend group where you're going, why is he in this friend group? But there's always that guy who's in a friend group that you see and you're like, I don't understand why they're friends with this asshole. But that does actually feel quite um, natural. And yeah, and it's all about the gore and everything. You're right, the first time I saw it, I think I was uh, doing a my own uh, all night marathon where I was just staying up all night in my house because I couldn't go out to a movie theater and do it. And this was kind of in the late night slot. And I was kind of watching it going, is what am I watch? what is what, what um and then I had to go back and watch it again and then um and then I watched it a third time and now I kind of finally think I'm settling into this thing where I kind of know where I am and now I and now I'm more fat but every time I watch I'm more and more fascinated by it there's just something out of time but within time um it feels like it comes out of nowhere but it feels exactly like a 2002 movie it's just it's all over the place and I kind of love it for that. If that makes sense.
1: <laughs> it does make sense cuz I oh I was wrestling with this cuz going into this double I thought well I think I really like Cabin Fever, <laughs> I think. And then I rewatched it and I was like Do like Kevin yeah. fever or do i not like i'm i'm so torn and there's so much to unpack here like I, oh my god like <laughs> there's and to, well for oh god i don't know where it began so the first thing that's crazy is this movie plays completely differently post-covid yes like this <laughs> becomes very different uh in this day and age like it never played this before like this whole idea of you know when they i'm thinking specifically when they have to isolate um Jordan Ladd's character in the yeah. barn, and nobody wants to be around her. And uh, you know, we, you know, we keep you out here, and them just being very cautious and suspicious of each other, and you know, it just all this stuff that uh, Eli Roth definitely couldn't predict in 2002. You know that that it would play like this in the future. Of I, obviously, COVID's not a flesh-eating, you know, bacteria, but you know, just the idea of like people not wanting to catch something and isolating themselves and being very paranoid and that whole thing that was fascinating on this rewatch so
0: it really was because I sort of watched it was I was in the middle of COVID so it kind of made sense I'm like oh yep yeah, this is cool and then watching it now I'm like oh yeah this is hits me a lot differently like I've watched it at three stages during the pandemic and each time it's hit me completely differently of how I take it in but I think you're right because this virus in the movie is a lot more visual because people kind of disintegrate literally in front of your eyes they're like their skin just kind of falls away from from their body um which makes it sort of that more disgusting especially with the legs shaving scene um but at the same time yeah it's that kind of thing of something that's invisible that you don't want to get and it's kind of how you freak out i mean multiple people have had very different reactions to this um virus and especially what to do about it but that kind of thing when you're stuck in a house with someone who's sick and they cough or they just do one little thing and all of a sudden you're like oh no that person must get out um it's the plague um shut your doors and it's especially how they treat the guy the who wants to who's basically asking for help um and the first thing they do is just lock him out and then pretty much set the guy on fire because they don't want him anywhere near him and fire is kind of meant to cleanse but it just kind of makes things worse and it's Yeah, every action they do is kind of understandable, even though I, especially the guys in this movie, I don't like. I think most of the girls are kind of innocent and are the one, the kind of the true victims of it because they don't necessarily do that much wrong. But the guys are going out of their way to either be cowardly, bully, uh, predators or something to, yeah, it's just interesting, the different reactions. You're right, it's absolutely fascinating.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was the first point. I mean, yeah, but then you bring up the, characters and how people act and i had forgotten like especially yeah the guys specifically i kind of no one is i don't think anyone's super like no, honestly yeah. <laughs> but the, the girls come across me rather than the guys but you know, like the guys especially it's like uh, oh it's <laughs> it's like it's brutal because it's like um you know you've got them all acting like you said like it's cowardly or they're you know being creeps or <laughs> they're just being straight up assholes um and uh, you know i kind of forgotten how bad that stuff was i don't know if it was like more accepted back then or i don't know you know like but i'm like these guys were unlikable and then i I started to think like does eli roth is he writing them to is he writing them like as a reflection of guys he knows or someone he is you know who he is or is he does he also think they're terrible you know i i really don't understand his mindset or is it kind of like all a big joke to him because the movie could also come across as like all kind of one like everything's funny to him. I don't know.
0: <laughs> this is the thing that got me, especially watching it this time around, because um, you don't know, because I think watching it back then, there were very specific three types of, four, five types of personalities. And they are very um, distinct now, and you kind of recognize them. Um, and they kind of, yeah. And then, but you don't know if, because this is the early 2000s. This is when shock, shock humor was in vogue it was like yeah I'm gonna make these really crass jokes and um offensive because that's funny and if you don't laugh it's your fault kind of thing it's always it was about creating nervous laughter more than anything else it was this like um And especially with sort of uh, Ryder Strong's uh, character um, who's pretty much a predator. No, he's not pretty much. He is a predator. I mean, he commits sexual assault in this movie. And I don't, and the thing is I don't, this is why I think this movie, I don't know if this movie aged in ways that Eli Roth hadn't intended because you're watching that movie and you're like, Oh, I know exactly what this guy is. He's the nice guy or the nice guy in quotation marks, but really he's a sexual predator because he uses his niceness to get what he wants um, and he's very clingy and he's very needy. And then he'll watch a naked woman in the window for far too long. And he'll sexually assault um, Jordan Ladd's character. And you don't sort of know if that's because that's funny to him in 2002 or if he's actually going, no, I, I think he's actually making all these characters unlikable. I think that's on purpose. But I would think the way it's aged in 20 years where you're looking at the unlikability, you're like, I don't think you intended any of this. I think it makes the movie more <laughs> fascinating, but I don't think you intended this watching people watching this movie in two, uh, 2021 and going oh your main character is a sexual predator that's exactly what he is <laughs> we've had yeah. um promising young woman we've had all these conversations me too all these kind of things of like that is outright assault that is not wrong that is not a joke but at the same time i love the beat after once he realizes what's happening to jordan um it's yeah there's as i said you said there's a lot to unpack and i think that's the thing. Why is in did he intend this or is he a secret genius? Or was he thinking, oh, I think this is funny and you're watching it now going, oh, this is a lot to unpack.
1: <laughs> right, I, I don't I don't know if Eli Roth is like, is this a, is he critiquing people? Is he just making them unlikable and he doesn't really, he's not thinking about it? Um, yeah. I don't know. Like from what I know more about Eli Roth now, like uh, he, I don't know. I still don't know much about it. Like I can't figure him out because like uh, I feel like he almost gets, too much crap like i i definitely feel like he loves the horror genre and like yes. he knows his stuff and like is very passionate about like being a champion for horror um but i i can never tell if he's like actually a douchebag or a good guy <laughs> like and i feel bad saying that but i'm like i go back and forth like sometimes i see him like oh he's okay and then sometimes like you kind of seem like a douche i don't know but he i will say one thing i know about him too and i don't i think this is kind of well known besides horror i know he's like obsessed with like the uh, late 70s early 80s like kind of like sex comedies yes um, and he's like encyclopedic He was on some podcast camera it was where he knew like all the um
0: the movies that made of- me and because you know we talked about a lot of six 80 early sex comedies on that episode as well. it might have have been
1: that yeah a long time ago and he I was like wow he says encyclopedic about these like sex comedy comedies he is about horror movies and so I feel like he's really trying to mash those up in cabin fever and it's such a weird tonal mix you know it's like uh and the sex comedies there's a lot of things that now would be considered you know uh creepy or sexual assault even you know Mm. and I'm like is he just not you know, to him, it's just like, oh, I'm just doing my '80s sex comedy thing. You know, it's no, it's no big deal, which probably was what he was thinking. But, um, so yeah, not just post COVID, but like post Me Too movement, Kevin Fever is like a very different movie too. And I don't know what I was thinking because I remember thinking like, oh, Ryder Strong is like the hero of the movie, and then watching it this time, I was like, oh no, he's not a hero he's at a all. I, don't, I think I was just t- I was giving him goodwill from watching *Poor worlds as a yeah. kid. He was Sean, and you know, and it's like, uh, and then but now I'm like, no, he's like the the worst person i guess i mean it's like he's really awful and i had forgotten i was like oh my god he's just yeah so it's the movie is like oh it's so there's it's so fascinating this movie like i still don't think it's like great but i just there's so much discuss. there's so much to um kind of turn over in your head about like what eli ross trying to do what the movie is saying like all the weird touches i mean yeah so
0: it is because <laughs> i think you know yeah because i Yes, I think he has persona that he likes. it. There's a persona of him being a bit of a douche, but when you watch any of his movies, you can see the fact that he has encyclopedic knowledge on, on movies. It's like when you watch a Tarantino or a um, Rob Zombie, which is kind of why I like these guys, because they're big movie geeks. And same with Rob Zombie. Yes, a lot of this, which I nearly chose a Rob Zombie movie to trailer this with, because... You can see him and sometimes his movies are hard to look at. I mean, there are moments in The Devil's Rejects and in uh, Three from Hell where, or even Halloween, most of his movies, in fact, um, where I can't look at the screen because what he's doing is so violent and so incredibly horrible that I have to look away. Um, But then you'll see these moments of him just kind of reveling in the fact that he loves movies, that he loves the Marx Brothers, that he loves silent movies, that he loves all this other stuff. and Eli Roth does the same thing. You watch any of his movies, because um, I've only seen like A Grand Inferno, um, a little bit of, I guess, Apostle too, and and this, and uh, the, how, the uh, House with the Cockatice Walls, which is brilliant. Again, you can see all these touches of him going, I like adventure movies from the 1930s and 40s, because um, it's got those elements in there. It's so weird that he does these things and then you're watching it and you know there's something underneath ticking along. You know it's not just what you're seeing, but at the same time, I don't know if he, I think he meant to make his characters unlikable. I just don't think he meant to make his characters unlikable and within the context of which we're watching it now, even the um, other two guys. I mean, the guy who runs away is just bolts. leaves his girlfriend to die. <laughs> Wait, um, his
1: girlfriend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You've got the bully. Who's just like pushing it, even though he's making technically he's on the right for a lot of the time, <laughs> but he's such an asshole about it. That I'm just like, I hate you, but you're the worst. I mean, I would hang out with Shelly from frigging, I actually love Shelly from uh, uh, Friday the 13th part three, but you're that kind of character and I don't like you and why are you on screen? Um, And even sort of the, the girls, I think a bit too maybe flippant about things and it's just, yeah, it's, Yeah, it's this kind of weird thing. I think he made this movie because he thought it was funny. It's cool. He likes sex comedies from the 80s. He puts that stuff in there. He loves horror. He puts everything that in there. And then he wants to make it visceral and gory and weird. And I think the gore is the best thing about this movie. I think it's so disgusting that you can't help but watch it because it's like, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, this movie's kind of gotten away from you. This is not your movie. I don't think that, this is not your movie anymore. This is a weird kind of time capsule yet analysis of, different types of personalities that I think are definitely not great or this kind of even sorry to use the word toxic masculinity even though I think it's very much about that it's so many goddamn ways I don't know <laughs> if he was actually I, I don't apologize for using that word it's toxic masculinity um um it's kind of yeah it's yeah it's a fascinating it's such a fascinating movie
1: yeah it, it's uh oh I've lost my train of thought but it, it's it's it, it's so interesting that it, it uh yeah, okay. That it evolved into, or it, you know, with the times change, the movie is looked at very differently. There's yes. no way he could have predicted that. So it's like, it's so fascinating to me how the movie completely kind of works differently in 2021. um Also, it's crazy. Movie's we about to be 20 years old. I couldn't believe that. I was like, no, oh my I, god, it makes me that's, feel that's so old. That's right.
0: yeah, <laughs> not, <right. laughs> not right.
1: not right. Not um, right. So yeah, it's it's so interesting. The movie completely can be looked at and evolve in a whole different way, or the times evolved, I guess. And you know that was probably the most interesting part of watching the movie this time because, like, I was debating with myself. I was like, "Do I do I love the weird humor or do I hate the weird humor?"
0: <laughs> That's <a> of... I am.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm glad you're with me because I'm like, I, it makes the movie memorable for sure. But I'm like, is it good? <laughs> you know, like, is it it's... like I don't know. Like, I can I. The thing I'm probably thinking of the most right now is the kid Dennis, the weird blonde kid, that sits in front of the. uh, the general store between yeah. like his slow motion karate routine i'm like who would put that in this like horror movie <laughs> you know it's like I, I don't know but i'm like i i kind of like it because at least i'm well these are unique touches that like are from eli roth and you know the movie is not like some cut and paste horror movie but on the other hand i'm like it's so tonally at odds with the other stuff and feels so out of place that i'm like i don't know i'm so torn on that stuff <laughs>
0: Um, Me too. And why does a guy knowing karate in Demon Wind work is something I absolutely love, but having a kid doing slow motion karate feels (laughs) totally incorrect and forced. I don't quite, but I do love it because I think what you said is perfect. This is not a cut and paste horror movie. This is a movie that has thought behind it, that wants to make an impact, that's going for very specific reactions, very specific to the point where he's putting himself with a soul patch a weird blonde kid who bites and does slow motion karate, um, and a weird police officer in it. I mean, they're very specifically designed because he wants the audience to go laugh. What? He wants the, he's obviously going for a laugh. He's obviously going for a confused laugh. He's obviously going for that, what the hell am I watching kind of thing throughout. These are very controlled, specific reactions. Um, But at the same time, I think, did you need them I mean you could have made a straightforward horror movie and I think still people would still be talking about it because you have a woman in a shower shaving her legs and her skin comes off this is not yeah you you already have a really good horror movie within that but yeah because he's a he's a big old nerd he puts that other stuff in it because he's gone to movie theaters sat there and watched probably a midnight screening of demon wind and you're like the magician knows how to high kick. What? Um <laughs> and there is no reason why that works, but it does. Um, so yeah, I keep going back to going, do I love this movie or do I hate this movie? And I'm still not a hundred percent sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I am. Um and, oh I know I was gonna say earlier I want to go back to you said about like the gore and the just how that looks uh I, I will say that stuff's really memorable oh, too yeah. so it's a weird you remember this crazy comedy and you remember just the gore because like this is a very like to me very scary horror idea with this flesh-eating uh bacteria this this thing because it feels closer to reality and it's not like a killer that you can kind of run and hide from and attack it's just gonna you know, you get sick, you get sick. Yeah. Um, and I, man, the, I got to give him credit. It makes no sense that, uh, she is shaving her legs at that time. I don't know why she shaved her legs. There's a crisis going on, but, uh, that Sometimes image of her You need
0: to be clean. Yeah. It just, yeah, <laughs> it
1: might yeah. help. I don't know. I've never shaved my legs, but I thought maybe it's a relaxing activity for some people, it is, but yeah. You know. Okay. Well, there you go. So she, you know, that image of her shaving her legs and you see, and she's kind of revealing how bad her skin is damaged and it's so you can like feel that pain like people most people have used a razor either like eyes on their face or women on their legs and it's so like such an indelible image I feel like you know it's how people always talk about the one thing I remember from the ghost ship movie is the beginning with the wire the one thing people remember from cabin fever is her trying to shave her legs and that image I feel like that was the thing everyone talked about like in school was like oh there's this gross scene where she shave her legs and you know the like, skin's peeling you know it's just like it's so gross but it's so it's such an effective image so stuff like that I think works amazingly in the movie it's so good it
0: really is because the moment she started shaving her legs I had to sort of steady myself because as someone who does shave their legs it is kind of this calming kind of thing you do feel kind of like you're putting yourself um back to normal um it's kind of a weird thing and then the fact because I everyone who's ever shaved their legs and their face have cut themselves and their leg especially it hurts and it bleeds a lot because I don't know what it is about your leg, but it bleeds. And just to have that thing, when you know, the skin's going to come off, it's just, oh, it's (laughs) so, it's actually kind of a terrifying moment. And I love how the, and I actually generally like, um, uh, what was her name? Is it Serena Vincent? Serena
1: Vincent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I love her performance in this because I think she gets to be this, um, and I think she gets to be sort of, she's kind of cast as the sex kitten of, of the movie. Like she's the one obviously having sex. She's all for it. She's very, she's a very sex positive character. And then to have her have this very human moment of um, shaving her skin off is, I don't know what it is about it, but it just, it hits me where I live. I, it, it really kind of, yeah. It's maybe because I know what it's like to cut you on the leg, but the image of just having your whole leg skin come off is just like, oh, but oh no. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's one of those things, like, I just feel like you can feel that pain. Like, I always joke about, like, I I can't really imagine what it's like to get my whole arm chopped off, you know, by like a, like by Jason or something, you know, but like, I could kind of imagine the feeling of cutting myself with a razor, my whole skin coming off or something, you know, it's just so painful and uncomfortable, so um it just, it hits too close to home. It's like, oh, it's like when I see someone get their like Achilles tendon slash in a movie, I'm like, you know, I'm just like, oh, that hurts. Yeah, <laughs> it,
0: it, yeah it really, really does. And um, because you're sort of like, oh oh my God, I need somebody to stop it. And no, she's kind of got, she kind of gives one of my favorite performances in, in the movie. And this is the kind of the one where I was kind of on her side for most of it. Um, Like I kind of understood everything she was doing and how she's reacting and how, um she was going along with certain things because yeah, she doesn't want to get sick. And the fact that she has a shower, is just kind of like, Oh, you know what? I I need to clean. I need to get everything off me that has happened throughout these last few days. And then it just makes it worse. And you're just like, Oh, you poor thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do feel, I do feel, Bad for her, probably. And Jordan Ladd, really. But I feel only bad for the girls, honestly. Yeah. Really I really feel mean, bad for the guys.
0: When you're <laughs> sick, you do not want to be put out on a thin mattress in a shed and locked in there. I mean, right. that is such an <laughs> indignant thing, which at the same time, back of my head is like going, yeah, if I was in the group, I might agree to that to put her in a shed if I wasn't her, <laughs> um because I don't want her in the house. It's very sort of strange thing how many. How, the pandemic has changed a lot of movies for me. Um, mm-hmm. And but for something that's specifically about illness, it just kind of makes everything way more concrete because these were movies were hypotheticals if someone got sick. Now it's like, yeah, no, we can, there's a, again, Eli Roth could not have predicted a pandemic. Um, and so I think this movie just becomes far more relevant to <laughs> the, I think it's feels almost far more relevant than it ever did in 2002 when it was this kind of like, oh, have you seen this crazy movie now? You're watching it going, oh, this is kind of a broad stroke of our times movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like watching it as like the crazy movies, a teenager like, oh, this movie's so, so crazy. Is that now I'm watching it like, oh, this is uh, hitting very differently with COVID and stuff. And yeah, we, we've seen people act crazy on people who are sick now. So it's like, you're like, oh, they weren't overreacting really. I mean, I've heard of people not to like go sleep in a bar, but you're like, oh, you go sleep somewhere else or go sleep in like the you know like a different area of the house or a a guest house if they have one or something or go sleep in the garage you know it's like um so it's it seems like things people do react like in kind of a crazy unpredictable way to these things and they get freaked out which the movie also does a good job at that like the their reaction to getting sick is kind of what really um is the scary thing what really undoes them because they all act so you know they don't act right. Basically, they don't act in a way that makes sense. They're, they're reacting out of fear and paranoia and, um, you know, just doing things that aren't the smartest things to do.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. And I think that's maybe why I don't love the weird bits in the in the movie is because I think it a lot of it, because you're looking at it now and it seems so grounded, it actually seems very realistic. You're not realistic, but it kind of feels a bit more grounded than it ever did. And then you're watching these weird kind of moments with Eli Roth going, hey guys, how's it going? I'm a weird dude. And you're like, no, don't do that. Come on. This is not, it's not like watching a movie from 1990. Well, it kind of, I don't know. It's it's a strange movie that I think hits in a very different way. So I don't particularly want those weird bits that are kind of trying to make me laugh. Um, I'm not sure I want to see this movie as a comedy and it keeps trying to make me laugh, but I don't want to laugh. I want to kind of sit in this gooey, horrific mess so maybe that's why i don't love um the odd moments as much as maybe i would have if i saw this movie back in 2002
1: that's a very good point that actually you may have hit the nail on the head there Mm. because i think uh that now in this day and age i kind of want to get i want to focus more on like the the you know tonally serious stuff where they're getting sick and how they're reacting to it and like now the goofy comedy stuff kind of takes me out of that part i'm like no no go back to that i want the other stuff but in 2002 and 2003 it was like oh, well, this is all part of this crazy, you know, package. But now, like, now in this day and age, I'm kind of like, no, no, dump the dump the funny stuff because I want you to, to be more serious about what's going on, you know?
0: No, it, you're. I think that, yeah, as you said, you want it to be, you want to sit in it, you want it to be sort of more serious and it keeps going, look at this weird kid. It's like, yeah, I'm not watching a Friday the 13th movie. I can go <laughs> watch Friday the 13th anytime I want. I'm watching Kevin Fever. I want the the sickness I want the I want to sit in something else then I think it those things don't seem crazy anymore which I think unfortunately is quite sad um that we can't kind of just go oh this is a because it is a crazy movie but at the same time it's probably not that crazy anymore which I think um it's fascinating I don't know if that's a sign of a good movie or if... It's, yeah, because again, I'm not entirely sure Eli Roth planned for any of this. Though in saying that, I don't think a lot of directors plan for that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think... Um, I mean, I've heard different reports when John Carpenter is talking about the thing, whether he was talking about the AIDS crisis or he was just trying to make a movie that would actually think he would scare people. But then AIDS came along in the '80s, and now the pandemic's hit, and now it's considered one of the greatest horror movies ever made because of those things. When he might not have intended any of those elements to be in there.
1: Yeah, I mean, these these guys usually can't, you know, they can't see the future, obviously. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, so they did uh... yeah, they. <laughs> I know. I know. I, th- I was told Eli Roth had magic powers. What's going on? No, they mm. <laughs> it's just kind of one of those things that's kind of the amazing things about movies. I feel like where you watch them at different times and they hit you different ways. Like um, for me, it's just like an emotional thing. But with Cabin Fever, it's like a thing where it hits so differently with the current world situation versus where we were at, you know, 20 years ago, which was I don't think we thought there'd be a pandemic. You know, we were worried about I, this this is like a weird post 9-11 world and yeah, comes out. you know it's like is. so yeah we're like fresh like a year or two off that and that's what we're worried about and now <laughs> and now the movie just completely can change into this and like um you know like you kind of mentioned john carpenter like something like they live i feel like his age so wonderfully because it stays so relevant which yep. is kind of sad but kind of amazing yes. <laughs> but um it's the thing about movies It's like when you watch them at these different time periods and what's going on in the world can completely change your view of the movie you know so um yeah it's it's fascinating like we keep saying like I'm not, I really don't know what side I'm landing on I'm kind of in the middle on cabin fever but like it's something also feels like a like you kind of mentioned way I think way earlier but it feels like a perfect like late night movie because it's this mix of like the weirdness makes it feel like you're kind of like You am I dreaming this you know it's like I just see a blonde boy do karate and like what's going on (laughs) you know like it's this mix of horrific images and comedy where you're like am I dreaming this or is this actually happening right now
0: (laughs) yeah it really is I think that's it's by design which I think a lot of movies do I mean um I've already talked about on a few of the Evil Dead episodes how it feels Raimi is specifically making a midnight movie and every almost every single move uh, of the three that he's made He's, he's going for I'm going to make a cult movie. Maybe not the first one, but that became cult. And then he went, okay, cool. I'm the cult filmmaker. Um, even when he's making Spider-Man, I think there's still that element of of that in there. But yeah, this one is just, it's, yeah, I think it's designed to be a cult movie. I think that's what Eli Roth wanted to do because he, I think it's a bit, He thought, yeah, this is going to get me noticed as a filmmaker. And, but I generally love this stuff. Um, I generally like the fact I'm having to confront you with these awful people. Um, so you don't necessarily feel sorry for them when, um, they are murdered and even going into, um, uh, I think it's Joey Kern's death. Um, it's, 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 it's hilarious. I love it. Cause I think it's such a great punchline when he's yelling, I made it. And then he gets shot 50 times. Oh,
1: that's, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's obviously, um, a night of the living dead reference. Um, and also it's kind of this overreaction from the police and you're like, yeah, again, this, this totally fits. This is exactly what would happen. <laughs> um, but at the same time, when I was sort of watching the two of these movies to, together, I was sort of thinking how they're both almost, um, This and Evil Dead are sacrifice movies, except in Cabin Fever is these dumb kids going into an environment they don't understand and screwing up and getting the repercussions of that because it's like Deliverance. The guys who go into the, into the wilderness, meet the hillbillies, and then the hillbillies are out to kill them. Um, same with this. This is a small weird town. And if you don't kind of play by the rules that they've set out, which they kind of set up quite early in the movie, you will die and they die. But this is kind of with a virus almost. I don't know. I don't quite know that I'm actually speaking this theory out loud. It completely works. But that was kind of where I was landing. <laughs>
1: No, I mean, there's definitely yeah. The small weird town stuff is interesting because he he almost sets it up like you're gonna watch like a backwoods slasher movie, <laughs> and then it yes! becomes a yeah, <laughs> and then it becomes a a virus movie. You know, if you didn't know going in, yeah, um, it'd be a great blind screening. Like if someone never heard of Cabin Fever, oh yeah, the movie on, yeah, like, oh this is gonna be like uh like a weird slasher movie, and then you're like, oh no, it's a virus. Okay, that's different. Like, yeah. um, and the yeah, the I mean the, the little town stuff is where all the weird stuff kind of happens i the comedy i know i really i could do without honestly and people might disagree with me i don't like the old shopkeeper that looks like santa claus and i don't know why eli roth has him well i know why he does it he has him casually drop the n-word just to set off like a stupid joke later in the movie yes i do not like that
0: that is very 2002 and we do not need need yeah yeah
1: Yeah. just like the very casual i think it happens a couple times i remember one time i think jordan ladd is swimming and talks to Ryder strong and she's like something about you're so gay or something you know just how casually that word was kind of like thrown around back in the early 2000s it was
0: so casual back in the 2000s right yeah it's um if you don't remember the early 2000s (laughs) if you unfortunately if you're a certain age I am was guilty of this and I actually had someone who said don't say that and he was uh, he was queer and um he said look don't say that that's really offensive and then I said I went oh yeah, it is because you're gay. And I'm saying this in a negative commentation. Why didn't I think of this before? But because everyone else is saying it, it's on TV, it's in music, it's in everything else you hear, you will say it. And the, that it had to have someone to tell me, I feel very disappointed in myself that I couldn't figure this out on my own, even though I was 22 and should have known better. But um <laughs> it's, yeah. And then when you hear it in a movie so casually, it's like, oh yeah, no, this is because not because he's making a point it's just because that's how people talked back in 2002 and you're like oh yeah that's what we used to do didn't we?" ugh
1: right yeah 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 i'm yeah. Like, <laughs> not proud of it i mean nah. that's, it, it's and it sounds terrible but it's like that that is it was so common that's because when they said it i was like oh that was so casual throw that around it is messed up because they're throwing it around it's always like in a negative way it always you know? a negative way yeah so i just don't know why you know i don't it was just so mainstream and like you know, I don't think the voices were loud enough to, to tell people like, um, you know, Hey, that's not right. You know, I I just, I don't know what was going on. I mean, I was a teenager and, uh, you know, not, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I was saying stuff like that and not proud of it now. And just kind of going along with the flow of things, everybody else. So, um, if you played a lot of online video games around that time in the two thousands, Oh my God, it was like, (laughs) it was just thrown around like, you know, and, and, but, and the, you know, it was just all over the place. So, um. I was happy when I watched this. I like, oh, we've really, we've really evolved since two thousand two. Like, really moved on. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, it was yeah, it was just at least in that way, which is good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, that's good. We've we've made progress in that regard. So, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I. It's just again another fascinating kind of time capsule moment of the early two thousands. You know.
0: <laughs> no, because I put it in my notes. I'm like, oh my god, because I think the, even the f word is said at one point, and. It's kind of um, weird how I'm like, oh, yeah. That, and that is the thing that took me right back to being and back to 2000, 2001, that kind of time. I'm like, oh, yeah, that word got really thrown around like it was no big deal. And um, I mean, I even heard arguments just saying, oh, I don't mean that kind of gay. I'm like, well, no, you do, because you're not saying <laughs> you're not saying in the old timey sense of, oh, it means happy. You're meaning it as in don't be queer, don't be, oh, that is dumb. That is essentially what it meant. And the fact that you, you could disconnect it in your head, um, that it didn't mean what it actually meant, but actually it did It did actually mean what you said, because you would just did not think about how it was impacting anyone else or what you were actually saying. It, yeah, it was mm, two thousand. The early 2000s was a very strange time. I don't, I, it must have been the night, I don't, I wonder if it was the the extent of the 9 11 thing. I don't know. I think it maybe started a little bit before that, um, but it was a weird time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, no, it really was. And I, I think that, again, the going to that Woodside 99 documentary kind yeah. of highlights like, and I was alive during this time. I like, I have fond memories this time, but yeah. like, I feel like culturally we were kind of in like a, a weird, I don't know what to call it, like, kind of a garbage dump period, <laughs> like, because it was, like, the rise of reality TV shows. Yeah! It was, like, I, I feel like somehow the, and this is United States kind of specific, but, like, the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal kind of changed how we, like, talked openly about stuff, and there were a lot of, like, trash, like, um, talk shows in the late 90s. Yeah! Like, it was a very, like, trashy, like, time for culture, honestly, like, between, like, mid to late 90s to, like, maybe to Late ish 2000s, like, because even like, um, uh, what was it? I saw some movie recently that was like a 2005 movie, and it's a real portrait of 2005 because it's very like talking about how, like, kind of media was so trashy at that time, and like everything was very like, um, about reality shows and kind of celebrity gossip culture, and like yes. we were just like a real low point. I feel like yes. for culture, we were <laughs> so,
0: all about what happened to Britney and Justin, like you yeah, know, it was Jennifer
1: before they Bennifer. got back there now, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because it's just so fascinating. Like, I look back on the time fondly, but I look also think like wow, culture was a kind of like a, a bit of a, a low point because I think it was, yeah, pre 911, I felt like there wasn't much going on. That's part of the Woodstock documentary about like people were trying to get angry about stuff, but there wasn't there much wasn't, to get angry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're it, getting, it was like an engineered. Yeah. It, was,
0: it was getting angry that MTV was playing Backstreet Boys. And um, <laughs> it's like, oh no, you're catering towards 15 year old girls who, by the way, have disposable money as well. So not surprisingly, that's a whole other different conversation, but you're right. <laughs> there wasn't that much to get angry about. and um, And this kind of movie, you kind of feel that as well, especially with like the but, uh, actually with all three all of them they're all angry but for no reason whatsoever right. and you're just like going why are you guys so angry it's 2002 i mean <laughs> yeah okay 9-11 has just happened and that's a lot to be angry about especially what happened for on 9-11 and what happened after 9-11 but that again different conversation um and you're like why are you guys so freaking angry at your middle classness and then it's just you're right the early 2000s was very trashy um it was all about navel rings and tongue piercing <laughs> and 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 reality tv shows and um trashy talk shows and people getting beaten up on stage on them i still remember watching austin powers where they were taking the piss out of oh shit what was it when he's i think it's number two when he's coming on stage as bad fathers and oh yeah
1: it, yeah. it is too i just watched this one recently and they had the jerry springer, <laughs> jerry thing.
0: springer. Yeah. <laughs> and, like they, and, they, and of course they have a fight and dr evil picks up a chair to throw it at someone it's that very much that kind of that kind of thing um and this was kind of the time i was having most fun because i was in my early late <laughs> teens early 20s i'm like going yeah i was drinking i was smoking i was doing all the rebel well I'm, even when i rebel i'm not that rebellious <laughs> but i was trying to rebel um by and kind of living on my own for the first time and this is kind of the culture I was growing up in. It's like, hmm, I think we need to have a conversation about what exactly was happening in the early 2000s. Right, aspects. I
1: mean, I think people tend to look back fondly on the time period culture they grew up in. Yes. Uh, but then you can look back and still be like, well, some things weren't great about that time, yes. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's so interesting. I don't know, this movie, to revisit this movie now, like almost 20 years later was like very eye-opening, I will say, like- um, Very, And I'm trying to, like, make cohesive thoughts here, but I feel like I'm all over the place. But I I think as a horror movie, it is fairly effective because the idea is so horrific. Um, And the idea of, like, your group of friends breaking down and, like, people's worst uh, nature coming out, you know, like their worst tendencies coming out because they're in, like, a bad situation and just them falling apart and turning on each other. That stuff all works and is still scary yes. stuff like I don't, I don't think the movie is necessarily like oh I'm so scared I can't watch this but it makes me cringe a lot There's oh a lot of yes. gross stuff like um and the humor yeah like it doesn't work as well I mean it's memorable but it's like is it good you know not everything you remember is good so um oh I'm curious what you think about the deputy character because he's a real
0: goofy <laughs> like, I feel bad him the same way as I feel about the cops in the last house on the left I, I right. don't um he's a bit he's not Keystone but he's kind of the two, early 2000 version of Keystone he's like oh yeah the tow truck I forgot the tow truck because the tow truck broke down and we needed a tow truck for the tow truck was a whole thing um <laughs> yeah it's kind of one of those things that I guess as I said before I don't particularly want to sit in because I'm kind of enjoying the actual horror of the horror movie I don't want the humor um and i think that's part of it it's kind of those again i think this is a guy who eli roth has loves um i think that was kind of intentional because i think he loves movies like i think he loves last house on the left because that is a revolutionary movie uh for better or for worse um and i think he's kind of vibing on that kind of thing um again which is why i think it's such a fascinating movie because you can see it, the history of horror and six comedies just kind of bubbling underneath and he's doing some really interesting things with it but i just yeah, that stuff just doesn't work for me as much as the, as the actual, um, practical effects of the horror and being in a hospital room and just people looking at you going, oh God, yeah, we're just going to deal with them. We're just going to drive them up like, to River and shoot them in the back of the head. Cause yeah, yes. we don't want to deal with this.
1: <laughs> Terrify. You feel helpless in that situation. Like all yeah. your friends are dead or missing. You're by yourself in a weird little town. Um, they just want to get rid of you. Like you're sick. I mean, it's a, it's a horrifying situation to think about. And it's like, not that you could imagine yourself in that situation. It's not that far removed from reality, you know, no, it's like, especially what's um,
0: happened with uh, COVID. It's not that far from reality. So, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, um, so yeah, that, I, I, that also reminds me, I'm glad you brought this up. Cause I was trying to think what the other, I I didn't, I don't think I was ever very keen to all the references the other off is making in this movie to other mm. horror movies, like very direct references. Like, the bunny thing in the hospital really feels like the shining moment. Yes. And then there's the, um, of course, all the Evil Dead stuff with the cabin in the woods. Mm. There's, uh, like, some of the red kind of POV stuff. Yeah. And then like, the direct, direct, take, like, shot from Texas Chainsaw Massacre behind Serena Vincent walking up to the house. Like, same angle. Yes. Like, on her butt, basically. Yes. (laughs) like, oh, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, I forgot how, like, obvious Eli Roth was with his, um, horror references, which I think in 2002 was like not as trendy as it was now. Like I feel like post-2010 like everybody... Like all these low budget indie horror movies are like, oh, I'm doing a John Carpenter movie, you know, or like, so I think he was a little ahead of the curve, honestly, on being that, <laughs> being that obvious with his homages to, to horror movies. I don't think it was as hip or trendy at that time. No,
0: because I think people who liked Quentin Tarantino didn't actually realize what he was referencing. There was probably a few older people who went, of oh, course, this is mean streets this is scorsese this is you know this this and all these 70s movies but i think a lot of people who really watched pulp fiction reservoir Res- 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 dogs for the first time did not have a clue what he was referencing and i think the same thing yeah for so those same people who say watched *Kevin fever probably didn't go into the fact that oh that shot is from texas chainsaw massacre um or that shot is from um night of the living dead and now people uh i think because i think well, as as Chris says, people who watch pre nineteen seventies movies are all about the cachet. But I think there is a bit more awareness. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Chris. Um, um, I think there is a definitely more awareness for certain kinds of older movies, um, and I think people are a little bit more aware when, say, they watch Kevin Feige. They're now like, "Oh, I see what he's doing. Yes, he's he's a movie fan. So these he's a movie geek. So all these things are kind of just under the surface a little bit." Which is something I kind of like because he's just like going, Yeah, I'm a geek. I like these movies. I like that shot in Texas Chancel Massacre. Cause yes, it is on her butt. It's on the butt in the original, but it's a beautiful, beautiful shot. Um, it's kind of like the babe wandering in the woods to the to the scary house. And this is the exact kind of same thing. And yeah, I actually kinda, yeah, but I think you're right. That back in 2002, I don't think anyone realized what he was doing. Um, and I don't think it was as popular as it is, yeah oh, this is absolutely a Carpenter kind of movie. It's like, yes, I can see from the font and the music here what what, what you're doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, yeah, loves the font, loves the score oh. Like yeah, and for Jack Carpenter stuff. Yeah, I just, I, I was younger, so maybe people remember, but I just don't think horror was as popular a genre in the early no. 2000s. No, no. No, yeah, because there was that post-Scream boom after, you know, Scream came out, and I feel like it kind of went away close to the early 2000s, yes. you know, and then we're kind of in this there's a weird period now that i'm thinking about it in between like 2000 and probably like 0405 when like saw and hostile come out and start yes. off that wave there's kind of this weird in between period right there of those three or four years where i don't know what you would say is dominant genre subgenre. you know i i haven't really thought about it until I'm, i am make this point right now on the spot but it's, you know so uh cabin fever does kind of come in this weird period where you know what is going on with horror you know it's like post scream but like we're very far moved from Scream at that point in movie time. You know, it's like yeah, that's, uh,
0: yeah. There's only a couple of Scream rock pops happening in the early 2000s, and Kevin Fever is nothing like any of no, them. No, it's Ooh. not.
1: Uh, it's I give him credit. It's very different from anything else I can remember at that time. I mean, it's it's very unique. It, it for better or worse, I know we could say that it is very Eli Roth. It's probably the most Eli Roth movie he ever made. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, though uh Green Inferno is uh feels very Roth but only because he's like, I'm gonna make this disgusting as possible and I'm gonna put every single fart noise you can again, just humor when I don't want the deep humor. I'm like, why are you trying yeah. to make this moment funny? I know
1: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I I forgot about Green Inferno probably because I want to forget. I really don't like that. Movie.
0: Not a great and, movie, yeah, no. The fart
1: noises, the <laughs> stuff like that is like, oh my god, like why we're like, why, Eli Roth? Like, why? Um, I, I think that hurts that movie more than the stuff in this hurts this movie, honestly. But, uh, cause that stuff could feel so tense and so scary. Like that's a whole, you're in an unknown place. Um, you're going to be eaten. <laughs> you're in yes. like a cage. And then they have like a random guy party in the corner and it's like way to completely just break all the attention. You yeah. Know? Thanks, it's
0: like... uh, yeah, Did not need this. I could, yeah. I mean, okay. The jungle cannibal movie, uh, shopper genre is not my favorite. Um, me to begin neither. with <laughs> in, anyway so I'm kind of going in with like okay you're gonna you're gonna go full Roth, and the yep you're going full Roth, and then you're trying <laughs> to make me laugh when I do not want to be laughing I want if I'm going to be sitting in this kind of movie I need the absolute dread I need the absolute horror I need to that I do not need fart noises stop it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah an- another movie I think could have been made much more effective if he dropped some of the weird kind of more humorous stuff because I think the The stuff I do remember it works, like the horror stuff works pretty well. But then you have all these touches that I hate in like the movie. So it's yeah. I sometimes his his sensibilities I think get the best of him and they make things worse. Honestly, like it's you know it's like he can't help himself with some of the weird humor touches, and I don't think
0: that stuff works. Yeah, does he do it in Hostel?
1: I'm trying to remember. 'cause that seems I, like a
0: movie you do not want that stuff either but something he'd just I, drop in.
1: <laughs> I feel like he pulls it back in that um mm. it's definitely not as ludicrous as like <laughs> as the stuff in Cabin Fever. It takes it more seriously. Um yeah, I remember it working much better. Like and there's weird stuff like and, and Hostel 2 I'm thinking of ends like with a very like ER Roth type moment. Um but it's still like a horror thing but it's funny. Um one I feel like the humor almost like plays into what he's doing it's definitely there's less of it for sure like mm. there's way less stuff but i um if i'm talking around because i don't want to spoil it for you but uh i i like Host- i saw Hostel in a the theater and yeah. it was like one of the best theater experiences because it was me and a couple friends and we had no idea what to expect and like by the end like you know we're like Throwing our hands in the air, we're just like, "Oh, this is so crazy!" Like, I, I've I heard, it really pins off really I've, well. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of a
0: few moments where, because he likes to, I know Eli, Wright, and he said this in interviews. I like you to sit in certain moments. I want you to sit in someone I being taken out, and just that kind of what that goo would be. He loves that kind of thing, but he also likes to make you sit in a blonde child doing karate um, as well. <laughs> and you're just like, "Why am I sitting in this moment, Eli? Yeah. What, what is the point? Yeah. Um, why are we
1: yelling about pancakes? You know, why are like, we yelling about
0: pancakes?" <laughs> Um, but yeah, where it actually works because it's just it's a much more lighter tone of a movie is the house with the clock in its walls. And you can tell he's really going for some really cool little horror moments, especially with the pumpkins. And I sat, watched that in the theater. I forgot it was a public holiday, when I went and saw it sitting there. And all these kids rock in. I'm like, oh, no, I've made a terrible mistake. But they really got into it really quickly. And he does have those really kind of weird moments like Jack Black as a baby, um, which I don't think <laughs> I could ruin even by saying those words. All kind of these little kind of magical moments where he's doing these weird, odd little things. But because it's kind of like this children's horror movie, it actually works. And it's kind of, when he's doing that kind of stuff in that movie, I'm like, oh, this is delightful. These kids are going, oh my God, this is magical. This is weird. This I've never seen anything like this before. And then that works. It's just his other movies, I... Don't think it works because he's got that two sensibilities. I'm going to have the insane eighty early eighties comedy, but I'm going to have that really gnarly seventies horror, and you're just like, ah, these two are not peanut butter and jelly; they do not go together.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was proud of him with House and the Clock and its Walls because I felt yeah. like he restrained himself he in a way that that worked. You know, it's like, okay, cool, and you've made a fun kind of creative movie you know that like still has enough like a little bit of weirdness like jack black's baby you mentioned that i will (laughs) never forget that image (laughs) forever um you gotta just see it yourself but we are saying it does not do it justice um so yeah, i was like yeah he made a mainstream studio movie that's like and for children i was shocked i was like oh my god and i thought it worked really well now i want to rewatch it during october actually now that we're talking about no it really really, me
0: too actually because it's got that cool halloween feel to it and I just remember sitting there and there's this moment where I think the main kid takes this book out when he's been told, do not take this book out. It's going to be very, very bad. You'll be in a lot of trouble if you do. And I just heard two kids going, oh, no, don't take the book out. You'll get in trouble. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he has these kids in the palm of his hand. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. It's good. It's a, it's a good movie. I wish it, I don't know if it did that well. I can't remember. No, um, it's,
0: I wish it did. Cause it's such, it's kind of a delightful movie and something I did not think that Eli Ruff had in him.
1: No, I didn't either. I really didn't think he <laughs> had it in him, but I was like, I was like, Oh, good for you. Eli Ruff. Yeah. He he did good. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. Anything else you want to say about Cabin Fever before we move on?
1: I, no, I feel like we talked about basically everything I could think of. I, yeah. uh, I will say, Oh, one thing I, I think I kind of still like the, the very ending, I know we're probably we're definitely spoiling stuff at this point. But um, it's it's dark. It's funny, it's so dark before because like the whole group that we started with has died, you know, yes. so it's like, but then he has this, of course, the has this darkly comedic touch with like, the kids who go to like the, the river, which someone pointed out great point is like, they don't have a faucet in their house, or like they have to go to a river to fill up a jug to make lemonade. But uh, <laughs> like they go to this river where the body has contaminated yeah. the, the river. And yes. uh, and get their lemonade, and they start basically poisoning the whole town. So the whole town is going to get this. Um, and then he kind of leaves. It's like a weird, like, hoedowns going on. Yes! Like, what a weird note. <laughs> such a weird note to end the movie on, but, like, it's, it's always really, stuck with me.
0: Yeah, it always—it it is a weird note to end on because, yeah, <laughs> everyone's dead. Everyone's kind of thing. And then the kids are just kind of spreading this virus through their lemonade. And now the town is going to get it. They thought they'd stopped it, and they're having a hoedown, I guess, to celebrate that they stop the virus I don't know um and then you get that really bad joke at the with the with the granddad. it's like oh yeah we did not need that um oh, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's <laughs> yeah.
0: kind of yeah it's like sitting not sitting itself for a part two but I do love the ending of where, where it's gonna go it's like oh everyone's gonna get sick this thing is not gonna stop
1: <laughs> yeah and it's so he tells you that but then there's just it's a weird idea of like this hoedown so the, again the mixing of tones of like this is a very dark ending but I mean, every time too, kind of like funny. Yeah, we're <laughs> dancing; it's funny, I guess. I, it's, I, it, I, don't know. It's so him. I don't know. The movie is fascinating. Like, I'd be, I'd be so curious to listen to somebody, like younger than me, like a teenager now, watch this for the first time and to like get their reactions to things. Cause...
0: I would love that as well. Um <laughs> love the, to un- hear that. the youngest person I know who would I think is actually seen this is Chris. Um, so Chris, please tell me your thoughts on this movie. Um, which will be nothing like any other. 25 year old but um
1: right.
0: <laughs> no it's yeah I'd love to see a 16 year old watch this movie and just go what was happening in 2002 yeah. and I'll be like
1: what was that yeah it's like what, like, what was that <laughs> maybe they would love it maybe I hate it. I don't know I have no idea how it would play it's so no, interesting um, be,
0: yeah because I put it in a very two thousand two context and now in a today context the 16 year old would have no idea what was yeah that would be <laughs> absolutely fascinating
1: <laughs> yeah I, I can't think of anything else I think I think uh we cover everything I want to talk about with it. Yeah, so, me yeah. too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, I guess yeah, now onto a movie that I would actually be slightly nervous to show a 16-year-old, Um, depending on the 16-year-old, I guess. And that is, of course, the remake of The Evil Dead. Now, um, I had a lot of trouble actually uh, trying to decide on a trailer. What would the first trailer for the um, Evil Dead remake you would choose? Uh,
1: I, I think these are both kind of obvious, but I, I almost played this trailer before... Uh, cabin fever Mm. but I was like how do you have the Eli Roth one so I'm going to go with a movie I really love uh, that surprised the hell out of me when I saw in theaters I'm going to go with Cabin in the Woods
0: Sign says closed we're looking for uh, what's it called Tillerman Road
1: to get you there getting back that's your concern this is awesome whoa (laughs) no way.
0: <laughs> the lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor.
1: Let's get this party started.
0: I seriously believe something weird is going on. Yes. <laughs> also had it was thinking this for Kevin Fever, and also this. I'm finally glad someone was going to choose it. If not, I was going to use it as my last trailer. Um, I'm, You saw this in theaters? I'm so jealous.
1: Yeah, and this is the amazing thing. I, I may have never told the story in a podcast. I don't remember, but like somehow me and my friends and the group of friends I was with are like, none of them are really horror people. So I don't know how we all ended up going to see this movie but we (laughs) i feel like it was a friday night and we just want to go to the movies and there wasn't much else out and we're like let's go see the cabin in the woods movie okay and no one had seen a trailer for it um nobody had seen like a preview and somehow we all ain't on this movie and i'm so glad i know anything about it because it was one of the best like viewing experience my whole life because i was so surprised at what where it went because i had no clue i expected like Hmm. a very straightforward like like slasher movie or Evil Dead type movie and it is like not anything like what I expected. <laughs> um, the, the the places that it goes, I was so blown away. I was like, oh, what is this movie? Like from the opening, I was like, what is going on in this movie? And uh, yeah, I always remember that that first viewing because it was so like such a surprise. It was amazing.
0: <laughs> it would have been. I knew there was a twist going in because that's everyone to all. Oh, you're not going to believe what happens in this movie. So I wasn't exactly expecting what happens in um cabin in the woods but if we had a whole movie with richard jenkins and oh shoot what's his name
1: bradley whitford
0: bradley whitford i wouldn't have minded <laughs> just the, the machinations of going on in that sort of bunker and their job and everything like that And um, amy ackerman i think it is is just friggin delightful i still think it's one of jenkins's best performances of a man who gives nothing but brilliant performances and then, but then to have kind of what's happening in the woods at the cabin and the whole idea of the sacrifice and why we love horror. This movie is all about why we love horror and what is it that is about the sacrificial nature to um, the stories we tell. But having Richard Jenkins just telling the little Japanese girls to go, fuck you, fuck you, and <laughs> fuck you. It's just, I mean, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's amazing. I, uh, yeah, I watch it. I've seen it so many times now, and I could—I never get tired of rewatching it. It's because, yeah, their performances are so much fun, and just all—it's like a—it's like a horror like a movie smorgasbord because you mm. could just like you get so many different flavors in one movie <laughs> um, <laughs> with where it goes. It's like you get all your horror stuff kind of like all your subgenres uh, checked off. <laughs> it's just so uh, much fun.
0: Oh, the the merman bits a jest i don't know oh, it's God, just yeah. <laughs> it's so great and i just love every all the performances i love um i love everything about this movie um <laughs> it's it's just kind of incredible because yeah it starts it, it yeah you think oh yep i think i know what this is and then it just goes into this wildly different other place where i'm just like i love this movie it it just makes i just i've seen that a lot of times before and i just giggle and just love it every single time i think the humor works perfectly in this movie i think it yeah it's all of it it's all of a piece and i love it okay i'm also gonna i'm gonna go for a movie from not 2017 um because i've been on a bit of a folk horror um trip at the moment and i think you could probably read uh evil dead as slightly folk horror kind of maybe if you squint in a certain way um but i'm going for the ritual from 2017
1: you know they have walking trails in england pubs come on man where's your soul Ow! Ah, oh, oh, it's twisted, it's twisted. All right, yep. Oh, easy, uh... easy. Look, we go southwest through here. We cut the journey in half. What, through the forest? Yeah, why not?
0: We should have gone to Vegas. Oh, you'd have found something to fall over in Vegas too, mate. Now, is it me, or is it really quiet in here?
1: Could be hunters out here.
0: Bait, possibly. Or it's the bit they don't show you in the nature documentary. It's a warning. We shouldn't be here. Yeah. Um, yes. yes. Uh, getting lost in the woods is never pretty. Um, I really, really like this movie. I think it was one of my, don't know if it was one of my favorite movies of 2017, but I think it was definitely just outside the top 10. Um, I love Rafe Spall's performance in this as this guy who um, I guess going back to the original, a man who has to deal with his own kind of cowardice. Um, and then kind of where this movie goes and what's actually happening in it is is kind of delicious. Um, again, speaks to this kind of ritual, um, what the movie's called, the ritual, um, ritualistic kind of nature of, of the Evil Dead remake. And yeah, no, I, I really love this movie.
1: I am glad you brought this up because I was just thinking about this movie the other day, I think someone <laughs> brought it up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I forgot about the ritual because it was a a netflix movie it was um, yeah and what tends to happen in netflix movies they come out and they're really like talked about for about a week or two at most and then yes. they kind of disappear into the void of netflix like netflix is like one big like closet where you just kind of throw old things you know it's like <laughs> like Epic old clothes mm. <laughs> and you're like where did i throw the ritual oh it's way in the back you know and it's like uh you know where there's so many great movies that come on netflix and then they kind of like disappear into the darkness you know of the abyss of the netflix and uh they don't promote them anymore so exactly it's like, yeah <laughs> it's like they're done with them you know uh but yeah i won't call it my netflix tangent but yeah they do that the movies kind of like disappear if they live on netflix um and i remember really liking this when it came out and i feel a lot of people didn't care for it and i was like this is great what are you guys doing yeah. like honestly i i always feel like the ritual when i watched that i was like oh this may be controversial this is what i always wanted the blair witch to be like oh
0: yes yes I see see what you're getting at yeah
1: I mean I know that was a whole different they were doing you know found footage and it was POV and all that Mm -hmm. stuff but but I mean I'm like to me this is kind of what I want like it does so much more I feel like with this premise and it gets so much bigger like by the end especially and there's a terrifying sequence where I think in the middle ish where they go they find a house for the night and uh that's when things really get crazy I feel like and um just the idea of blair Witch has this too where you go into the forest uh, which can be so scary because you can so easily get lost in there you know and then yeah. the idea of also losing your sense of like time and location and you're like where you know where am i you know you don't know you don't have any you're all disoriented like that's just terrifying to me for some reason to be so disoriented and like lost in the woods and i felt like ritual was so good at like you know you're like what's happening to these guys like it's, it feels like inescapable basically, you know, it's like um you just can't get out no matter how hard you try. And that's, that's pretty terrifying. So yeah, I, I love the ritual. I kind of run, also want to rewatch this during October because I think it's a very underrated movie, honestly.
0: I think so as well. Cause I really loved it for those exact same ra- reasons you said, the disorientation, because in um, both this and in the Blair Witch, the forest seems to get bigger um, the more you get lost because there is no way out. There's just more forest. Um, there's no end to it. And I am terrified by that idea as much as I love that idea in a movie. Uh, Me and Forrest would not go well because I would just be the first one to lose their mind Um, and just start screaming and rocking back and forth. (laughs) Um, But the whole idea, and I think Ritual's really underrated. And I also get annoyed that uh, Netflix releases something, everyone talks about it for two weeks and then it's just gone. Um, Just to plug another show that I really like, uh, TGF, a horror, Australian horror podcast, talked about Apostle. Uh, last week (laughs) and again another movie that I think is underrated because that movie's great and yeah so yeah The Ritual is my uh, first trailer. What is your second trailer?
1: Uh, For my second trailer I went with because of course it's an Evil Dead remake and Sam Raimi the the first Evil Dead so I thought I was like oh a Sam Raimi connection and a movie that came out kind of close to this and for some reason feel similar even you know they're pretty different maybe it's the tone and the vibe of them i went with 2009's drag me to hell yes <laughs> <laughs> will you help me please
0: okay we have an elderly woman asking for an extension on her mortgage payment we would have to throw her out of her house we've
1: already granted her two extensions it's a tough decision your call another extension is out of the question where will i live i'm really sorry never have i begged for anything but now Mrs. i have Mrs. i before you please. I
0: beg you oh, please let go please let go security you sh- I love this movie. This is one of my favorite Raimi movies. I think this is Dark Man. Um, No, no, absolutely perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just something about the way that the energy they have and like the kind of craziness. I know like, I'm sure Fetty Alvarez was trying to capture Raimi energy with uh, the Evil Dead remake, which I really appreciate. Um, and this is Sam Raimi doing horror again, you know, after a long time of not doing horror and, um there's just a lot of crossover there and I will tell you this I absolutely hated it dragged me to hell when I first saw it oh really because because I I think I mentioned this on my show a couple times I'm like yeah. a real hound for justice like I hate <laughs> when oh this I is not the when, movie like, yeah <laughs> no it's not the movie for me because like I won't say what happens like people have seen it but but like I was so angry at like I thought it was so unfair what happens to um oh I uh I'm blanking our name um Loman yes. I thought it was just so unfair what happens to her uh, and how the whole thing resolves that I let me such a bad taste in my mouth I, well I thought she never should have like been a situation in the first place I was like well this is really unfair this is like barely her fault you know and like this woman curses her and I'm like well that's a little extreme like I know you're upset but you're taking on the wrong person yeah. um go after the bank president or something yes <laughs> so she's a low-level employee and then you know with the way things go I was like oh but then once I came back to it and got over that, because I knew it was going to happen, so then I could really appreciate and enjoy more of the movie. And now I really, really like it. Um, uh, I still, I think it's unfair, but I, I can accept that. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it's so much fun, and like I'm enjoying seeing enjoying seeing Raimi like kind of play in the horror genre again. And um, yeah, so I really, now I like Drag Me to Hell and I thought it would go well with Evil Dead remake.
0: (laughs) It really, really would. Cause um, yes, he's going back to horror and he's having fun with it, but because he's Raimi, he's doing something different. He's got that energy. Um, and that chaoticness but it's not the evil dead it's something else and yeah this is not if you want a sense of justice and a sense of um your character coming uh doing the right thing and coming through at the end this is not the movie for you because this is about how life is unfair and is always going to slap some sort of dead muck in your mouth um the amount the amount of time someone spews up in Alison Loman's mouth is kind of upsetting but it's um (laughs) It's absolutely an amazing, amazing movie. I really love this movie. I think it's doesn't, I don't think mean spirited is the right word, but I think, yeah, the sense of injustice that I think she's having to go through, but at the same time, yeah, because I keep trying to think, could she have said yes to extending the loan? She might've done, but she might not have gotten her promotion. And I think what this movie does with class is it kind of amazing, um, especially with Alison Lohman's character. But yeah, no, this is a great trailer.
1: I'm glad you like it too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think most people like. It. I feel like I was on the outside of not liking it back then. But no, it's like it's
0: actually really divisive. I've had talked to a few oh, people. Okay. Oh, no, I don't like this movie, and I'm like, really? Because I, I, I'm like, I love this movie. I think it's great. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it's and it's funny because I was thinking about this too. Sorry before we move on, but I was like, I always forget that it's technically. I guess there's an unrated cut. I think, but it's rated P thirteen originally, and it pushes oh, yeah. I'm Like, I don't know how it pushes that rating so far where I'm just like, how is this not rated R? And, um, yeah, I mean, Evil Dead, the remake pushes that R rating, there's no rated cut, uh, but it's like it pushes that rating to the, the brink, too. So, I thought that was interesting. They both pushed their ratings as far as they can go, I think
0: they really, really did. Um, because I know with Evil Dead, they were wanting to say, yeah, the uh, the producer, uh, Rob Talbot, um, Raimi, and uh, Fetty uh, Alvarez were fine with having it at NC 17, but the studio was like, no, we need this white noise. Oh, yeah, yeah this has to, <laughs> they, ne-
1: they never want that. Yeah, <laughs> they never
0: want a um, NC 17 movie. And I'm like, going, where's the difference? Um, <laughs> what exactly did they cut out of this movie to make it R rated? Um, okay, before we get into that, I might as well get into my final trailer. Um, I am going to go for. right let's go for bliss from 2018 i'm going for two modern ones
1: i'm going broke i can't live off of nothing and i can't live off 10 percent of nothing i haven't finished a painting in three months try this the closest thing they got to a pure uncut mix of cocaine and dmt i started painting again Something came over me, and then it all just started pouring out of me. I don't even remember doing it. Like you blacked out. It's like I was possessed. Yeah, I love
0: Bl- Bliss. Is fun. It's a vampire movie. It's also about addiction. It's also about turning into something that you don't understand, which is all through Evil Dead, especially the remake. And it <laughs> has some amazingly glorious raining blood moments, which again, Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i i really like bliss i mm. uh i think it's is it like a shutter exclusive or i know it's where i saw it um uh,
0: uh... yeah i think so <laughs> i'd have to ch- i can't remember but i yeah it's it's great <laughs> can't remember um, where I saw it yeah
1: <laughs> i i think i uh, i had to get over the fact that uh I think I really hated the main character for like the first like 20 minutes of the movie. And then I got yeah. past that and I was like, that's still a cool movie. I just, just, it, well, at first I was like, this is not a very likable main character, but you know, you don't always need a likable main character and mm. the movie's still very interesting. But um, yeah, that's, a, that's a fun pick with this. That's I, it's, it's an interesting movie and I, it's funny, it's not that old, but it feels like it's already kind of like gone forgotten about underrated already but exactly um, maybe yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> I think things they have, move so fast now. yes
0: yeah things who move so fast I think things get forgotten but I do love sort of the notion of just because this is a movie about blood and the wanting of blood very much say like the hunger this is a movie that kind of starts reveling in it and then when you get to the end you're literally just everyone's covered in it everyone's yeah. just painting with it she's <laughs> it's and I like the fact that she is kind of unlikable that she's kind of prickly that she is kind of this um, punk almost living in LA and then something happens and she's like, what is happening? Um, and then kind of this almost acceptance at the end. Um, and I like how they tied um, the va- becoming a vampire with the expanding of creativity because she has like a... Uh, Painter's block almost, doesn't she? At the beginning, if I'm remembering correctly,
1: I, I believe so. Yeah, it's been a while since I saw it, but I think that's yeah, what's me going too. On. I haven't seen it
0: since I think actually, no, it's sort of a movie festival like Monster Fest in Melbourne. First time I saw it, so it might have been nice. I can't remember when I saw it. I think it's yeah, it's just the god thing. It's sort of like becoming transforming yourself into this kind of creature that drives blood, kind of drives your creativity. So it's kind of a thing of whether she wants to be a creative, successful painter or if she just kind of wants to be stuck where she is. Um, So yeah, I think there's a lot of things happening. I think it's a really cool trailer because it's just mostly red.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's perfect for the Evil Dead remake.
0: Yes, what are we gonna get into? There was something in the woods.
1: And I think it's in here with us now. I released something from that book. Something evil. This thing is attached to me
0: as soul. We're going to have to kill her.
1: You are all going to die tonight.
0: This was the first time I had seen the Evil Dead remake. I don't know why I kept putting it off, but I, for some reason, was. Um, so I'm kind of glad I finally got the chance to saw it, even though I shouldn't... Okay, I'll get into where I watched it in a moment. <laughs> um, when did, did you see this in theaters or did you just watch this later once you heard about the... Because this kind of got a... This isn't very good. No way. This is vile. Oh, maybe it's too far. Vi- oh, this is actually a really good remake. Like, people were very confused, I think, when they first saw this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... I don't remember exactly when I first saw it. I know I'm, it's funny. I know I missed it in theaters because it's one of my biggest, like, uh, you missed this in theater (laughs) regrets. It's like a huge, because a group of friends went uh, when this came out and I think I had to work maybe or something. I had something going on so I couldn't go. And they- after they got done with it and told me about it, I was so jealous they got to see it because um, it sounded amazing. The way he described it made it sound like it was like the most intense, insane thing ever, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, I've got to see this movie." Uh, one of my friends said he had like literally leave the theater for a mm-hmm. couple like I, oh, I can't remember exactly what wow yeah like for for some of the violence like and he's not much of a horror guy or he's, he's very oh squeamish, but, yes yes um,
0: I can say yes <laughs> and,
1: and a couple things just sent him I think he was like I can't even look or left a the theater um so I remember being like oh my god this movie so I know I caught it uh maybe a couple years after the theater when it was on you know streaming or blu-ray um and thinking like yeah, this is good. It's really it, but it's like it's one of the most violent bloody movies I've ever seen. I've seen some really crazy shit. So I was like this is this is something. Like I couldn't believe they kind of got away with it almost and um uh I did watch the unrated cut for for this and I'd seen it once before and I honestly can't tell you exactly what the differences are. It is like I want to say about 5 or 6 minutes longer. I may be wrong. I, okay. It's definitely a little bit longer. Um but I mean they're they're both super violent. I, I just remember being like blown away. I almost couldn't handle some of the stuff in the movie. I thought I was pretty seasoned when I saw this, but um some of the violence, like we talk about Kevin Fever stuff really hurts, but stuff like really hurts in this movie, like to a point where I'm like, all some of these injuries seem so painful and so cringy that it's just oh I mean it's oh I can't wait to talk I mean, when you told me it was your first time watching it, I was so excited to, to, I hear your you. to.
0: like I try not yes. to like because I'm always wanting to message for when I'm watching a movie the podcast the one thing I want to do is message the person who I'm about <laughs> to talk to but goes oh my god this movie da, 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 da. um and I try not to because I'm like no save it for the podcast um and then this movie I couldn't I actually um message Matt and goes Matt, this movie rains blood. What the hell, uh, or something like that. And I think you um, literally
1: said, "This movie is so intense." And then I said, "Yeah, yeah." And then you said, "I think in all caps, it's raining blood." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, it's insanity, it's madness. It's like, yes. How do they it, do this? Uh, they, what
0: what is happening? Um, going back to yes, because I think this violence, like cabin fever, hurts. You feel it. And do you think it's that because most of the violence inflicted on the peak? Because this is really about. There are no, there are deadites in this movie, but they are mainly being possessed. So he kind of, there are more rules, I think, a little bit when it comes to the evil, this evil dead remake than say the previous evil deads, which is no, which are whatever goes. Um, (laughs) Whatever Rainey's in the mood for at this particular moment, that's what a deadite is. I think this movie has very specific rules. And since these guys are getting possessed, much like a virus. So that's, this is why I love this pairing um do you think the fact that is it is mostly the violence is mostly self-inflicted do you think that's the reason why you're just like going the violence hurts so much because you're watching people do shooting nail guns into their own face they're watching you're watching um someone cut their face with a jagged piece of glass yes other people get attacked and that that needle is just horrifying um but it's kind of a lot of it it, these guys do to themselves and i is do you think that's where a lot of the horror lies? It's just that suddenly you're possessed, but you're doing things to hurt your host, not other people.
1: That might be part of it. I hadn't thought about that, yeah. uh, but it's it's a horrifying implication. I know that, like, to think that mm. you would be harming your own body like the way they do. I'm thinking specifically of uh, of when Mia um, takes like the razor blade on her tongue and splits her own tongue with a razor blade which is an insane image and to talk about hurts because like these are all like I think because it's more like sensitive parts of your body I'm thinking of like you you cutting your tongue in half with your tongue's that's horrible my tongue's very sensitive the the one of the worst things I feel like is um I believe his name is Eric he's getting attacked by Olivia, who's now possessed. Oh, with a needle uh, in the bathroom, and she's stabbing him with a needle. And I already have a needle aversion; I hate needles. And like <laughs> she's stabbing his face with a needle, and it's like I definitely don't want a needle in my face. Like I don't want it in my arm, and and like stabbing near his eye. And the little needle gets stuck in his eye. Yes, eyes, pull it out. Like that, it hurts. And it's like oh, and I'm thinking of when I think it's also Eric who gets his hand smashed with like a hammer, and the hand like splits in half. And it's like yeah these horrific injuries that it's 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 almost worse because like in a movie if like if Jason Voorhees cut your whole head off you're dead anyway it's, it's over but like if you get a needle in your eye you gotta pull it out or you get your hand smashed in half you're still alive and it's like these things seem so painful you know um I, yeah I think the the harm in yourself is like a horrifying implication but I just think the violence is like Almost like these smaller acts of violence that it's, hurt it's worse. Killing you yeah. slowly.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, it's very yeah, much yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I watched this when I was because we're at were we're in lockdown, so I'm in an empty store doing web orders and all this kind of thing. So I decided, um, okay, I'll 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 watch because I watched it twice. I watched, I'll watch it just to so get the thing and then I'll watch it again so I can take notes. Um, so I watched it and then I didn't real, and the way the counter's positioned with it is you can kind of the, my laptop you can kind of see from the door and then just as poor Elizabeth Blackmore is chopping her arm off with a freaking turkey slicer oh. <laughs> um I get a knock I'm like Fuck, shut. I got such a fright because I was so invested it wasn't working I was just watching the freaking movie and then I turned around and this is grandmother with her little girl I'm like please don't tell me they saw what was on the screen Pl-. I had to switch it off because I'm like if anyone sees what I'm actually watching um i can't there's no way because it was just such a violent act on screen i'm like i have to turn <laughs> this off i have to watch this later um i oh. um, please don't yeah. tell them they didn't i they, they i don't think they did i think it was too far away but just this notion of this 10 year old seeing <laughs> this woman because you see the skin like it's not because but as you said when jason is it's kind of always a clean cut like he stabs he jabs it slices off you've got a stump But to see um, Elizabeth uh, Blackmore starting to slice her arm, but going down, so the flesh is kind of peeling off her arm, is like, oh,
1: yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow I had forgotten that part. I guess I remember all the other so much going on. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I and I was I think screaming out loud watching that part. I was like, oh, oh no, no, no! It's like stop, stop it! Uh, she's hacking at her own arm in that horrifying way, and like, um,
0: even when Ash cuts his hand off in the second one, it's a very off yeah yeah he takes it a couple of times but it's not like that it's just like that is how it would actually look if you were trying to chop yeah. it around with the turkeys and, turkey slicer <laughs> <laughs>
1: and i i right off the bat i, I will say I, I i love the original movies evil dead evil Dead two yeah. i still love army of darkness but like the tone of those is so different than yes. this one too and like uh this feels so much darker to me, and those feels so much more fun. I don't know. Like, I came to those much later in life, too, so um, I think I would have been, like, really terrified of the first Evil Dead, specifically, if I saw it when I was much younger at the oh, time yeah. it came out. Um, and it's still pretty... It's 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 good. It's scary. Uh, I just think this, this tone is, like, so relentless, so intense, uh, so dark, that, like, I love that it does that, because it really sets it apart from the original. Like, if you're going to make a remake, like, commit to what you're doing. <laughs> you know, like be it does everything right, I feel like a remake. It's it like does. it it carves its own path. It's very confident in what it's doing um on its own, but it still kind of pays homage. You know, you could tell they love Sam Raimi in the original movie. They're not like trying to be better than it. They're just doing their own thing. Um it does a very different thing like I said it's just like it's so dark and like so so crazy violent in a way that's to me different than the originals it's just like it hurts so much more you know it's um not as fun to watch as the first ones but I mean still I think a very very good movie and I think a great remake honestly
0: no I think it is I think it does usually when movies try to have it both ways I get a little bit annoyed but I think what the evil dead remake does really well when having it both ways yes it's constantly referencing the first two especially the fact that someone has to cut off their possessed arm um and also the fact that it keeps going back to the book in a way that evil dead 2 did because it was sort of evil dead 2 references the fact that ash is the chosen one and is came back to the middle ages which was uh, near darkness but it kind of gives it this kind of older more mythology and the way they use the book of oh no, this is gonna happen. And you see these images of um, someone burning themselves, someone doing this, someone cutting off their own arm. It's kind of, it makes everything feel far more ritualistic than I think, even though it's referencing what the first two movies were doing, I think it is far more ritualistic than I think the other two movies were. Um, Because yeah, Fiddy, uh, Fidi Alvarez is doing his own thing and he's he's saying yes I'm making an evil dead movie so I know I need to have these things and I'm a huge fan of them and Sam Ra- Sam Raimi gave me this opportunity to make this movie um, and in the wilds of New Zealand and I'm jumping at the chance and it's going to be great but then he does these things in it that kind of make it his own movie because he is a very relentless director I mean I haven't seen um, Don't Breathe 2 but Don't Breathe is such a relentless ever god Seeing you that the screening not knowing what i was getting into with well, that movie was like a holy shit moment <laughs> um and yeah this is kind of the same thing and i i think it gets, kind of gets i think the movie itself gets distracted by the gore but because the gore is so well done and just so ha huh, you don't notice that the movie's kind of forgetting what it's about occasionally <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I that's a that's a uh, fair criticism I would say. Yeah. Um it's it's funny cuz it, it, it I feel like one thing too is it kind of yeah, it just kind of like lose its way a little bit mm. and it, it's funny cuz at one point I can't remember what point it was, but uh Natalie Elizabeth Blackmore like come kind of comes back in the movie. I feel like she had disappeared for a long time and yeah. i like, "Oh, I forgot about you. You're mm. in this movie." Yes. <laughs> you know. So probably not like the strongest character stuff, but if it's a good like that's most horror movies. I mean, not, like, we come for the character work necessarily, but uh but I mean, I think Jane Levy is really good as she's Mia. She's good.
0: You notice when she's not there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's true. Um, she definitely stands out and has like, I would say probably the hardest job, just do so much stuff, you know? And <laughs> um and uh yeah, I mean so like the characters and some of the their acting is like not the best, but I think it like it's, the gore overshadows it i don't think in a bad way it's just like this is what we're here for you know this is like um and i don't think any of the acting is like distractingly bad at all or anything like that i just think it's like not the movie's strong suit you know
0: it's just not uh, i think jane levy um is stands out because i think she's really good and i think she kind of makes everything very when she's she centers it whenever she's in there i think um yeah, I think the everyone else gets a little overshadowed by the gore and everything else because this is a movie that's meant to be about addiction, um, where I think it starts off that way. I think it goes into some very different places because Alvarez is much more interested in the violence, the ritualistic nature of the violence, kind of making sure he gets every single point that the book kind of shows, um, that it becomes kind of feels a little bit more folk horror-esque and a little bit more... Um, ritualistic um in that in that way these these kids are literal sacrifices to the to the slaughter i mean um they did the thing they like in cabin in the woods they read the book um and then these things will happen and they will be killed because of it and if they want to break free they have to do certain things that are also straight in the book so i think the whole fact that jane levy is there for um uh detox i think gets a little bit overshadowed and what did you think of the fact that she kind of bookends like she's there at the beginning and then she comes spoilers for this movie sorry if you haven't seen yeah. evil dead please go see this movie and um go then go hug someone after your, your time <laughs> um, <laughs> um and then and then she comes then she's resurrected and comes back um and kind of bookends the movie do, what do you think about that kind of trope i wasn't i'm not entirely sure how i feel about it i like it because it's jane levy but if it was anyone else i don't know how i would feel about that
1: um, I think it's okay. I'm okay with it too, because I feel like the movie just moves really well. And yeah. man, she pops in, you know, in between yeah. and uh, has good moments. Um, mm. I have a problem. With it. And like, the funny thing is, like, I feel like no matter what you think of the movie, there's a lot of great moments throughout the whole mm. movie. Um, I feel like the ending will, like, blow anybody away. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> yes. my God. they kind of, We jump ahead, but like, the climax is, like, completely next level, like, I can't believe I'm watching this and yeah. you know, it's like we said, literally raining blood by yeah. the end and she's lost her hand and she's trying to fight this demon basically, and has to jam her bloody stump. Oh, you know, the hand.
0: Chip, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot the, the fact that she has to pull her hand. Cause it, it, it's not because she cuts it off. It's because the car lands on her, and she has yeah. to pull it out. And then you just see the tendons. Oh God, I forgot Oof. it. Yes. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. That Ugh. hurts. That see, it's like, you're like, Oh yeah, it's rough. It's it's like it's I couldn't imagine if I pull my own hand out from underneath a car and it's oh, going to rip and tear off, and yeah. then just to jam the bloody stump into a chainsaw, and then you know that's an amazing moment though, like when she puts it right through a Demon's head. It's like yes. it's incredible. It's a beautiful,
0: um, beautiful shot. I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the fact uh, that it's she's cutting someone in half and it's just literally raining blood on it, but. <laughs>
1: Uh, Did you read that they apparently used somewhere between 50,000 to 70,000 gallons of blood in this movie, fake blood?
0: Yes, and (laughs) the original used
1: 300. Yeah, the crazy, tens of thousands of gallons of blood. Um, I'm also trying to remember- and the, the fact that,
0: sorry, just because in New Zealand, I don't, I don't know if there's a local source for that, um, but they probably had to import this. So I'd have loved seen the New Zealand custom officials going, Oh, that's a lot of blood. eh?" Um, just, <laughs> just kind of being befuddled by the whole, sorry. That's just a me thing. Cause I know this was filmed in New Zealand. So I'm just like, they would have had to import all that blood and that would have had to gone through customs and some normal New Zealanders is <laughs> just looking at this going, what are you guys doing?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't imagine. I, uh, yeah, that seems like it'd be hard to to come by, honestly. Like yes, yeah. tens of thousands of gallons <laughs> of fake blood. Hurry. Um, like, where do we get that from? Um, I almost forgot the line. So this is when she's gonna kill, I guess it's like demon Mia. Um, yeah. doesn't she, the demon say, I'll feast on your soul, and then she jams a chainsaw and says, Feast on this motherfucker is that yes, the line? Yes. What a kick-ass final line. Um, I love I love that stuff. Like I do, I it's funny, yeah, that that I picked this one because I back to like when we we're picking evil dead movies and i don't know yeah. who got to pick before me but um I oh mike, took this... mike
0: evil dead Two. i think he almost oh
1: i wouldn't even try to fight mike <laughs> I, I, I might have said that i was like there's no way i'm taking evil Dead Two from mike i, I mean, think come he on, said i it. said
0: i would have chosen evil dead too but i know mike loves that movie and there's no way i'm taking <laughs> it from him because he'd Couldn't already gone, it. he was all like I... evil dead Two, right here right, at yeah. me, right here.
1: <laughs> i usually i usually people like present like a series, or so I'll try to actually go for like the what I think are like the less loved or the underrated movies. Um, you mean like even me
0: re- Revenge? Yes. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Sounds Appreciate audible.
1: that. Yeah. Because um, I don't, but I don't think there's really a weak movie in the series. No. Um, and but I, this one was interesting too. It's funny you bring this up. Like, feels like I would like this because it's like I do kind of tend to like really insane, over the top movies. And uh, mm. yeah. <laughs> by the and by the end, it's definitely gone way over the top but I absolutely love it because it Mm. goes for it like so hard like um they don't hold back at all it's kind of it's kind of amazing like um that's why I wish I'd seen in theaters and I can't imagine seeing this kind of crazy thing in a theater with a theater full of people (laughs) like oh oh. my
0: the reaction would have been yeah me too actually um (laughs) because I think a lot of people, yeah, there was a lot of people that were confused. A lot of people that were kind of shocked by the amount of violence. And this would have been the theatrical. I don't know which version I watched. I watched it on streaming. I have now waiting for my Blu-ray to show up because I do want (laughs) this in my collection now. Um, Even though I don't think it's my favorite Evil Dead movie by far, but I've only seen it the once. Um, I think it is a bit sitting there and just seeing the, and the violence is not only, visceral and huge. it's also dark I mean there's this moment when Jane Levy as Mia is talking to her brother and he's like I think he's just trying to figure out what's going on and she's like your sister isn't here she's being raped in hell and that is such and she sees it it says it with so much glee and that is such a dark idea that um this thing is to overtaking your sister sent her to hell and now she is being tortured um it is such a dark idea. And that's kind of the movie. It's just all these sort of dark moments. It's a, it's, it's positively nightmare. fuel. feel this movie, if folks you would look at and go, Whoa, Whoa, guys, that's going too far. Um, and
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, it's so, yeah. I mean, yes, I think this movie gets confused about what it's about. I think the themes, but I think because the violence is so well done it's just so visceral and it hurts, again I keep going back to this word ritualistic because I think even at the beginning when you have the father burning his own daughter to death because she has been um, she has been possessed it is kind of this amazing notion of this is old this keeps coming back and they keep causing all this destruction and the only thing you can do is violence upon violence there's no other way even burying Mia in the ground and she's trying to breathe under the other thing and faking you know why are you doing this to me I can't breathe and I love how the deadlights keep coming letting the people come back or pretending that they've come back it's such a mean-spirited thing to do um but yeah it's just it's it's one of those movies that is all about the style and the effect and everything else but that is the form of the movie, and those are the kind of movies I really do love. It's just you're just watching this, and you're just absorbed in this world that, that just happens to be sixty thousand whatever gallons of blood <laughs> splattering everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it's pretty amazing. It really, I don't. I, I'm trying to think of things to say about it. Um, oh, I was gonna say I, I jumped way ahead. And I'm gonna jump way back to the beginning, but I do yeah. love the uh, the whole setup. I think is pretty great for a horror movie. Like to take to take someone to isolate them so they mm. can uh you know get over their their addiction like they're very drug addict you know they want to get over their addiction so you you isolate them good start to a horror movie mm. and then you make people not believe them because they're someone yes. who's you know trying to get off of a drug and they're like oh she's seeing things she's hearing things because she's coming off of this you know this drug and you know so it it sets up these great things about to isolate and they're like we can't leave because um or they don't want to leave because last time she ran away when they try to do this. Like, um, so I think it really covers space as well. on like setting up like the believability of like the horror and why they wouldn't believe her, and why they wouldn't take her away, you know, and all this stuff. Um, cause I was like, that's a really strong premise like to, to do this. And, uh, you know, no one believes her cause they're like, Oh, well she's a drug addict, and then, but she's seen all this crazy stuff. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was a good like way to, cause a lot of times you're like, why wouldn't they believe this person? They're frantic, you know, like, you know, if your friend is up to you and it's like really screaming, like I saw some of this, you you might actually believe them. But, you know, it's in this case, it's like, well, we don't trust her because of you know, things in the past and things like that. Um, so I just thought, I was like, well, that's a, that's a strong start. the a strong a strong premise there.
0: No, I actually agree because you're right. Because they sort of set up the fact that this is not the first time they've tried to detox her. This is not the first time she's kind of said, I need help um and then as soon as that first night as soon as she starts really starts detox and she's like i need out no you need you need to help me by getting me out and so they so it goes far beyond the point of normal a normal person when or not a normal person a person who is say not going through these issues of going yeah she's now she's making things up because she doesn't want to be here yeah we've been to this place before and the fact that she does actually try to run away and that how she's possessed is that she kind of, the book has already, I think the book has already been read. They've already found the book. And then they go through the whole thing of the trees assaulting her, but it doesn't necessarily feel like an assault. It feels like a possession, but it just in the worst, mm-hmm. cruelest possible way. Um, and it's a really terrifying moment because they're. I was kind of surprised that it was Mia going through that. I was like, oh shit, it's Mia. is going to be the Cheryl, Cheryl character. And yeah, she, does, she gets locked in the basement. She's everything like that. But it's this kind of really cool moment of, Oh yep, I know why they're there. I know why they're isolating themselves. Like you said, um, I know there's a point of where everyone would leave, but they're not because she's she she's done this too many times for them to really kind of believe her. And then when it's too late, shit's really hit the fan, and now they can't they can't leave. I mean, her in the car staring at her brother when he realizes the bridge has been wiped out um, is such a terrifying moment because she, she's burnt and she's just looking at him through this one eye and you're just like oh god things are not good
1: <laughs> yeah no there's just a lot of moments where you're like oh this is not good <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, you're like oh this is not good oh she's um, coming at you with
0: a needle this is not good <laughs>
1: yeah oh she's sitting in the shower uh cutting her face open this is not good you know? yes. <laughs> it's like, it's like it's like things keep getting worse and worse and worse and it's like you know just the things are so bad you're like it's one of those situations where it's like if I was seeing this stuff, I don't even know what I would do. I'd probably just pass out. You know, it's like if I see people chopping their faces off or cutting their own arms off and like, you know, looking like demons, I'd I would just probably just fall over or something, you know, and then they'd kill me. But
0: um I'd probably just... try and run and then the trees would kill me. I think that's well, that, probably yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I could do that. I'd probably be in such shock, I'd be like, "I'm just gonna go pass out. I'm dead. I'm <laughs> dead. I'm
0: done. This, this is not. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done." done. That,
1: yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it's. I I give it a lot of credit because um, I watch a lot of horror movies, and I feel like I'm very desensitized to stuff, and a lot of things don't shock me, and a lot of things don't scare me that much mm. anymore. And This movie still does both. <laughs> um, I find Demon Mia pretty scary. Like, she's, oh, she's it's, terrifying. It's terrified. Like, it's very intense. Like the movie. I, I hear about the word. It's so intense. The movie. Like. It's pretty relentless with its intensity like there's a little bit um after the opening super intense even you're like holy shit before the credit even drops then you know the, the title drops it's like oh okay this movie's not fucking around and then you've got to get a little bit of relief and then it just like is relentless and intense for so long and um yeah i just i appreciate that it still can scare me and still shock me because that's tougher to do as things go along so um yeah i really really like this movie i don't remember reaction when it came out i guess yeah i guess it wasn't super positive but i feel like it's pretty well um talked about these days i I think
0: (laughs) well yeah i think my my remembering of how this movie was uh received is more about if this movie because i know they did an episode with uh adam jb and patrick um and i don't think they were completely warm on it i think they because i think when you hear oh it's an evil dead remake you're like oh okay it's doesn't have Bruce Campbell it's produced by Sam Raimi it's by this other guy um really how good is it gonna be and I think you go in with that kind of mindset of yeah okay you're going over secret ground here um I mean the evil dead has never been my franchise I chose it because I like the fact that all four movies are completely different and actually mostly pretty solid or actually very very good but it's not necessarily my go-to um franchise um but it's kind of, yeah, I think you're going over sacred ground and I think they were like, ah, yeah, the violence is impressive, but maybe it's too much. I think that's where I'm getting kind of my, what this movie was because that's where I first heard about it. I don't think, I, actually, no, I think it did get a very small theatrical release in Australia, but I think um, I think they did want to cut even a few things out of it before it, because Australia's notorious if there's one little thing um that gets that's too violent they will just cut that moment out oh, um no. so like a for example say john wick uh, three you know when you've got the um uh, stabby of the eye that eye moment uh-huh. that was <laughs> cut out of the australian theatrical um yeah i think it's it's, it's on dvd and blu-ray it's free game but in the, theatrical they get a little bit pissy um and so i think <laughs> this movie got a little bit tucked um tuddied and tucked which it's disappointing. And I don't know what version is on that I watched. It was on the streaming service. So I don't know if it was the actual thing, but I'm not hearing anything that I don't remember. Like the slicing of the tongue, the slicing of the faces. It's just, oh God. Um, <laughs> so, so so yeah, it's, um, I forgot what my point I was making. Oh no, this movie starts at 11 already because you've got this girl who's who's in recovery and it, it's already sort of starts at that. Do we believe it? Do we not? What's happening is just like this weird hillbilly kind of thing? And it's not. It's just these demons are vicious, and will kill you slowly. And it's 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 um yeah it's horrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think what else I want to say about it because I feel like um, when I was watching it, I was like, well, it's very straightforward. Like it's yeah. it's uh it's just the you could talk about all the moments of like real violence or scary moments but um as like a you know it's otherwise the setup's very simple uh it's a good setup but it's kind of simple and then it's just like you just it's just so relentlessly intense and violent and it's like um but I like it (laughs) but it's not a movie I would revisit too often because it's so it's such an intense experience you know that I wouldn't be like, let me pop on the uh, the Evil tape remake. After
0: this, I watched Jane Austen, uh, the Emma from 2019, 2020, because I just needed something that wasn't... this just this, uh yeah de-compress.
1: yeah just, this just is like de-compress. how if i watch like an intense or scary horror movie i'll just go watch like cartoons you know I'll watch like yeah. family guy yeah. or you know, Futurama <laughs> or something <laughs> afterwards or something you know just uh i'm like i need to just kind of decompress after uh after what i just watched that, yeah. that kind of movie you want something light after you watch this movie and you probably won't want to watch it again too much i, no. don't, I don't think but um, um i mean
0: i could definitely see myself watching this movie again because i think it's just really well made i think everything about it kind of fits together. Nothing, even though you're going like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening on screen. Nothing, and yes, even though I do think this kind of, it loses its own plot threads a little bit, I don't think anything feels out of place. Even time you get to the end and you have, you know, raining blood and she having to pull her arm out of from under a car and all this other stuff that is happening and um, eat this bitch. I think it all kind of feels of a piece, if that makes sense. Yes, it's ramping up and everything and it goes insane. But um, looking at it, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense that this would end this way of chopping a person in half and having the blood just rain down in you. And then um, the whole world around you kind of just pissing down rain and kind of just shaking and everything kind of yeah that kind of makes sense because it does go back to the basics of the original evil dead which again is very simple and straightforward people go to a cabin they meet demons <laughs> chaos yeah. ensues i mean it's not it was never meant to be i like how sam Raimi took it and ran with it and just goes no Ash will go back in time but the actual premise of this is really simple it's the ultimate going into the woods to make a movie um and even though this is very slick, it's very well made and it's really constructed really, really well. It is just literally, hey, let's go into the woods and make a movie and see what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically. And I I love that they still do some of those kind of Raimi esque touches where like I always think of stuff where the cameras kind of like feel like it's flying around. It's kind of I yeah. it's kind of like that demon vision, the POV, but it's like and the way the camera just kind of swoops and flies through the house and goes everywhere, like it's a very rainy thing. Yes. Yeah. Like, the thing that makes Evil Dead The first one special I feel like because they had like no money (laughs) was Bruce Campbell (laughs) yeah I know I it's they're more creative that way you're you're pushing like cameras and wheelchairs to get dolly shots you know it's like you're doing stuff like that like because you don't have any money and you're just being creative and using your imagination and yeah Bruce Campbell of course is like great now he's a horror icon and then like Sam Raimi's direction is what makes that movie I feel like so special and so just memorable honestly so um yeah I mean that's the great thing about that movie and um, I just like there's a little touches like that in the remake, but it's still that's where it like doesn't go overboard, you know, trying to do, you know, we're just doing Evil Dead again. We're doing like we're doing our own version of Evil Dead, and they're very like, they feel very confident. Probably because they had Sam Raimi like backing it up and probably saying like yeah do your do your own thing with this movie you know kind of go nuts you know so um it, it really help, it, yeah. it really
0: is I agree with that they probably gave uh Fidi Alvarez it's like yeah, Sam Ramy's backing you which means he probably gets final cut um except for the studio going can you just tone it down a touch um <laughs> though seriously where did they turn it down um it's it's kind of the thing they made it in New Zealand I'm just trying to look up to see I'm assuming Weta was involved then um because I don't think it's I think it's illegal to make some not make something in New Zealand and then not get Witter involved I'm pretty sure they um in the fact that they will do um practical effects still for movies and kind of things like that um and the fact that they just kind of yeah I think I think I have read an interview when he said yeah I got to go to New Zealand I got to make a movie i got to do pretty much whatever I wanted with this budget yes it was more than the original. And he got to play with mostly practical effects, um, which you can tell because it feels like people are absolutely hurting themselves. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it, yeah. And so you do get that sort of same sense of letting someone go and make a movie, see what they can do, see if they can push the limits of it, which this movie definitely does. Um, And the fact that he allowed, and uh, Sam Raimi got a newish director. I don't know if, uh, he. I think he made one movie or it was short or something. So it was this kind of, yeah, let's give this guy, I think I see something in him, let's see what he can do. And that kind of goes back to the spirit of what Evil Dead is. Just giving a guy a camera, a little bit of money, a little, and who's got some creativity and see what you can do with the material. I mean, there's another Evil Dead movie coming out next year um, with, again, with a very new director. And I kind of like that Sam Raimi keeps doing that in a way, it might not work, but you're giving these people a chance just to do something and see what they can do with it. A very simple premise and see where they can go with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like that too. And I actually, I didn't even know there was another Evil Dead coming out. Uh, I <laughs> only
0: found out when I was looking up something I want to say was like an episode three or two. I, went, I was almost on on, air, on, on on air recording going, are they making a four, making a fifth, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Maybe I'm sorry. I'm looking up now as you got me curious. Uh, oh, is it evil dead rise? Is that yes. Evil called? dead rise. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I maybe heard this a long time ago and I forgot. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I hope, I hope it's good. Um,
0: I have no I idea. Know. if it will be good or not. That's the thing about evil, <laughs> evil dead. It's like every time, like, especially when they announced this, they, they said, oh yeah, they're doing another evil dead movie. I'm like going, do you really need to do another dead, dead movie? And I'm kind of this way about that one. But at the same time, I'm like, eh, just let him make his movie. See what he can do. I mean, it's the whole point yeah. of Evil Dead.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm curious. I don't know if it's come up on the earlier episodes because we're recording this early. But uh, yeah. what what is your favorite of the four Evil Dead movies so far? Which one is your favorite?
0: I think I have to go back to number one. Um, Before re-watching them, I would have said Army of Darkness because I love just the batshit goofiness of that movie. Um, The fact that there's little ashes attacking Big Ash. Um,
1: <laughs> I do just, love that, yeah. I
0: love that so much. <laughs> Um, but going back to the first one and just literally because it is literally Sam and Bruce and some friends and Rob Talbot going into a going into the forest outside of Michigan and make oh no, in Michigan, because uh, Michigan's a state, sorry. Um, <laughs> making a movie. Um, and then seeing what they could do with no idea, no idea how to do it no idea of a plan getting yeah wheelchairs and planks of wood to move the camera around and that invented a new camera move um I just it's such what it is it is just a dirty little horror movie that's designed to see if they could do it not designed for anything else um and I I, yeah I think that's my favorite what do you do you have do you think you have a favorite
1: yeah, it's close, but it's it's Evil Dead 2 for me. Yeah. I, Evil Dead 2 is, like, amazing, which is, I guess, one of the reasons I probably tried to do that first, and I was like, well, no, no, my cats do that one. But, uh, <laughs> it's like, I can't take that one, but it is my favorite, and uh, I I can't remember if I saw that before the first Evil Dead or vice versa, um, but, no, Evil Dead 2 is my favorite. I just think it's amazing, uh, but I, I really like all of them. You can't have a bad time really you watching really any of them. No. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I think some people think Army of Darkness maybe is like too goofy, but I really like that about it. I don't know, like I really that one's just so much fun for me. It, it's uh, definitely different than the first two, but I I really I still enjoy it as its own kind of thing, and uh, it's just it's just a blast. They're all they're all so much fun. I, I love all these movies.
0: Yeah, I mean Sam Raimi with the first three made a movie that he made evil dead into what he was interested in at the time it feels like. Okay. Like I don't think three you could even really say is a horror movie. I think it's right, only yeah. a horror movie because it's attached to Evil Dead one and two, um, which I would say are definite horror movies. Um but this one is just an adventure he likes 1950s schwap buckler movies. And I think that's in you know probably Ray Ray Harryhausen and that's kind of what Army of Darkness is. It's not meant to yeah it's just oh I want to make this movie so I'm gonna turn evil dead into this it's not which is kind of why I like the series it's just whoever's making it and what they're interested in the moment that's what the movie is it's very of its of the moment kind of movies which I do like
1: I, I appreciate that too yeah so um I I can't think of everything else on this one did you have no. other stuff you want to bring up or I've,
0: I I keep mentioning sacrifices which I think is <laughs> yeah. I'm just reading my notes and that's kind of waking nightmare yeah gory yeah. It's, it's about the legend about the book. Yeah. No, I think I've, I've covered everything I wanted to, to say. Um, so I guess that kind of leaves, um, please tell people where they can find your good work.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, yes. Film Feast podcast, uh, available wherever people get their podcasts. I think at this point, if we're not hmm. somewhere, someone just let me know. Uh, and, uh, um, uh, during October, uh, we we're trying to all we are doing all horror episodes, but as I was telling Lindsay before we started recording, life has been kind of hectic, work has been crazy, and uh, there's just been a lot going on. So I, I, I we may be kind of sporadic, but I'm going to get at least I think three episodes out in October that are all horror related, and Lindsay will be on one of them that Should already be out, I think. When this comes out, yeah, it will be. be
0: yeah, yeah I, okay, actually, okay. I don't know, I know when we're recording it, I just don't know when it, this will be out toward the end of October. So, I'll okay.
1: And that yeah. our episode should be in the middle of October, yeah. I think. So, yeah. it should be me, you and my friend, uh, and guys on the show, Ken Walker, uh, Ken Walker, Texas Ranger. Yes, yes. Chris O'Tonnell dubbed him. Uh, I'm still mad and think of that first, but <laughs> it's like it was right there, and I dropped the ball. Uh, us <laughs> talking about. Uh, horror part threes um, I'm really excited about we talked about that for like a a while and I'm like that's a great idea pretty sure that was your idea Lindsay so um (laughs) I think it yeah we're doing we're doing Scream 3, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and Halloween 3, three very different part threes in their franchises um So that should be a lot of fun and that'll, that should be out before this is out. And yeah. And then you can follow the podcast on Twitter at film feast pod. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at maplet87 and you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram at just film feast, all one word.
0: That is awesome. No, please listen to uh, his um, podcast. It's amazing. I've been on a slight, not a watching, but listen to nothing stop but James Bond themes ever since your James Bond episode with (laughs) King. I'm Um, so glad we did
1: that yeah oh
0: my (laughs) god it was one of those podcasts where you know when you really get into what you just want to join in the conversation that was yeah. that one i was just yeah um so i've been listening so i really want to get into some james bond before october which i don't have that much time left so i need to otherwise i'll have to wait till november but um no that was a great great episode and you will just be wanting to listen to the the, the theme songs um of, of of the james of james Bond, and it's and it's great um thank you so much for listening to schlock and awe um i can't believe we've done all four evil dead movie series it's been an absolute blast to go through these movies and pairing them just to sort of see how they fit in with just the general movie landscape it's been kind of amazing uh after this we'll, we still have one more episode dropping on halloween um so definitely keep an eye out for that um and yeah we're, again we're, as you probably tell we're on all our uh, podcasts app if you want to follow us uh schlocken All one twitter and instagram and uh also if you want to follow me it's on reading geek on twitter Um, Thank you so much. Uh, This has been an absolute blast. Thank you, Matt, for uh, for coming on. Um, It's a joy always just talking movies um, with you. So this is always the best. Um, And yeah, we will be back with another double feature. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.